Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everyone. Another day, another opportunity. Digging on you all this morning. Thanks for tuning in. It is Turned Up Tuesday. Got a little bit of everything today. We're playing today's hits, yesterday's favorites. Baby, baby, it's all like that, it's all like that 
to everyone tuned in and listening on qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com taking it easy for right now on turned up tuesday on coffee and tell Bob Marley was so right, when music hits, you feel no pain. The best medicine, well, for me at least, music. Love, John Legend featuring Estelle. Beautiful song. Estelle, I hope that's what I said. <laughs> Not Adele. <laughs> oh, 
I think I said Estella. In my head, I think I said Estella. <laughs> God knows what may have come out. Here's another one of my favorites. Jordan Sparks Tattoo. So I fell in love over the weekend on Sunday to be exact and I can tell you the approximate time was around 6.30 p.m. I, you know, fell in love. Uh, and this love, new love, if anybody's in the business of being generous, I am here for the receiving. You know, it, that, this new love will cost you about $230,000 um, the way I want it. Um, silver, black interior. <laughs> Let me just say that. Four door. Um, the Porsche 2023. Uh, take in turbo. Thank you. I'm accepting that. Or you can, you know, if that's too much, you know, I will be willing to take 
The um, Lamborghini Euros, $225,000. That's not too bad, right? My first preference is the Lambo, I'm not going to lie. You put a lot of rum in your tea this morning, huh? <laughs> morning, everyone. Listen, can a you girl... You work both of those. Thank you, Thank you. Can a girl dream? Wow. No, that's not no dream. You are worth both. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there into the universe. They say you must ask and you shall receive. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, so I'm asking and I'm hoping to receive. the top of the hour it's time for us to go ahead and get started gotta say a big thank you to everyone listening on the quality music zone qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com of course i have to say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is tuesday february 28th turned up tuesday the last day in chapter two of 2023 folks can you imagine the time is going by pretty quickly thank you so much for joining me for coffee until world news on the go tune in every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views You can follow me on TikTok, Moments With Me Media on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on Twitter, Me Media Moments. And the mean everything is MI. We have the headlines coming up right after this one from Tony Braxton. He wasn't man enough. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. Out of the Caribbean corner. Grenada Prime Minister wants dialogue on slavery with UK, Spain and France. Travel. I'm not sure how you pronounce this one, but the Trevlion or the Trevelyan family apologizes for role in slave trade on Grenada. And Grenada's Jefferson earns golden ticket on America. Oops, excuse me. American adults. See, I'm here dreaming big and yeah. Anyway, Jamaica finance minister says remittances helped cushion impact of COVID-19. Indicom launches a probe 
farmer and security guard shot dead by cops. Judge slams a businessman for awful actions in human trafficking case. Office manager charged for multi-million dollar theft at the Spanish Town gas station. Portmore Pines Plaza robbers flee with $10 million. And newly renovated Monique Health Center is now open and CHS acquires the Medical Associates Hospital. Out of Latin America, Mexican soldiers kill five in border town, sparking protests. On the international scene, another earthquake hit Turkey, toppling more buildings. One person reported killed so far. And why Brexit's back in the news? Britain and the EU struck a Northern Ireland trade deal. Janet Yellen visits Ukraine and pledges even more U.S. economic aid. Can I get the social security number for Ukraine, please? Because I need to claim them on my taxes. I really need to. I think all of us need to claim Ukraine on our taxes. Either we're going to claim them on our our taxes or we're going to go ahead and move to Ukraine and see if we can get some of that money because it's over there, folks. It ain't here. It's over there. In news out of North America, TikTok banned on all Canadian government mobile devices and Supreme Court to hear a case that threatens existence of the Consumer Protection Agency. In business and tech news, black married couples face heavier tax penalties than white couples. The report says we didn't get to talk about that yesterday. Also, Meta backs new platform to prevent sextortion of teens on Facebook and Instagram. In health and science news, a zero-calorie sweetener has been linked to heart attacks and strokes, a study has found. In our Black History Moment, we're going to be talking about John Henry Hale. In Believe It or Not news, a white law student files a $2 million lawsuit against Howard University for racial discrimination. I don't know if I was reading Right. I was like, oh, hold on a second. So I saw the story yesterday. I'm like, okay, this can't be real. Did not read the article, I'll be honest, because I didn't want to have an opinion until we read it together. But we're going to have the details of these stories and more. And, of course, always great conversation. Coming up after a little more music, here is Black Street with no diggity, no doubt. You know what? I like the play. No doubt. Play on, play at. Play on, play at. Yo, Trey, drop the verse. It's going down, fades of Black Street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Say, tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet. Giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies Black Street and Teddy, the original rough shakers. Shutting it down, good lord. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around Cover much grounds, got game by the town Getting paid is a forte Each and every day, true play away I can't get her out of my mind I think about the girl all the time East side to the west side Pushing fat rides, it's no surprise She got tricks in the stash Stacking up the cash Fast when it comes to the gas By no means average It's on when she's got to have it Baby, you're a perfect 10 I wanna get in Can I get down so I can 
I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. She's got class and style. She knowledge by the time. Clubhouse, I do hope you're able to hear everything clearly. I'm getting the red bar. Servers are struggling as always. I don't know. Is it that they probably need to invest in some new servers or get some more servers? I don't know, Clubhouse. Pick it up. Pick it up. That's all I'm going to ask y'all to do. Who remembers this one? Alright, thank you, Javette. Thank you, Rosolo. This is the voice of Chantal Impossible. Gotta give a big thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on, www.QMZRadio.com. For that good music to get you through your day. Nothing means more to me than what we share.
big thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. For that non-stop party vibe, download the Jano Radio app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. J-A-H-K-N-O, Jano Radio, take us on the go. The one we knew, tell me why I had to play the clown, always messing around. I can't stop thinking how I let you down, 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 she's on my mind. It is four minutes before the top of the hour, before the bottom of the hour. Why am I rushing the time? I don't know. It is four minutes before the bottom of the hour. If you have somewhere to be, you got four. Well, now cut it down three minutes to get there. But please be safe. Gonna squeeze in one more, a little 702 after this, and then we'll go ahead and kick it off. I've been drinking, but the truth won't drown. No, the truth won't drown. Bad medicine won't go down, down, down. She's on my mind. She's on my mind. She's on my mind. She's on my mind. I can sleep at night. She ain't by my side. She's on my mind. She's on my mind. She's on my mind. She's on my mind. I can sleep at night. She ain't by my side. Stop thinking, am I even on your mind? Now the nights are cold, I miss you on my shoulder Miss your hair on my cheek every night She's on my mind, she's on my mind A big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Tell World News on the go.
All right, folks, it's time for us to go ahead and kick it off. And we're starting off in the Caribbean corner. It is the bottom of the hour. Our first story, we are heading over to Grenada. I know, normally I would play um, coffee, West Indies. I know, I know. Switched it up this morning. <laughs> Grenada Prime Minister wants dialogue on slavery with UK, Spain, and France. This story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Grenadian Prime Minister Dickon Mitchell has issued an invitation to UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to attend discussions with the Caribbean community CARICOM on the need for reparatory justice for the ills of British colonialism. Mitchell issued the call today as he received an apology from members of the wealthy Trevelyan, I'm not sure how you pronounce their last name, but the Trevelyan or whatever family for their ancestors' role in enslaving over 1,000 Africans at their six plantations. He said, as a head of government, I want to take this opportunity to join in a public request to my fellow head of government for the United Kingdom to accept our kind invitation to commence dialogue in an open, transparent, frank, and dignified manner to talk of the need for reparative justice for the citizens of CARICOM and uh, to also use your good office as the convener to join with your European counterparts to address this issue with your French and Spanish counterparts in particular. And I make special mention of the Republic of Haiti, because if there is one island where it is demonstrable that the need for reparative justice exists, it's in the Republic of Haiti. Mitchell's call for a dialogue with Sunak, French President Emmanuel Macron, and Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez echoed one made by Laura Trevelyan, and don't y'all butcher me for that name, as she and members of her family apologized to Grenado. She said it was important that conversations about the impacts of slavery be held so that the work to heal the wounds of history can begin. Okay. Um, uh, Sin, I did send the invite. I hope you got it because I keep getting this message that the servers are struggling. So, um, Sina, I sent an invite as well, so maybe it will work. Okay. All right. She probably got yours because she's on the stage. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rosola. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. The strugglers are serving. I don't know. Ha- has Clubhouse bitten off more than it can chew and they're not? keeping up with the pace at which they're growing and expanding you know why their servers are struggling why because you can't delete those back channel messages all of that is storage all of that is taking up storage all of that but i think there's a reason why they're not going to be able to delete them what do you think hmm i'm just saying you need um (laughs) to be able to go back and get them receipts he said she said this is what was said (laughs) (laughs) i mean 
mean, that's just me. I'm I'm making that assumption, folks. I'm not saying that is the reason. I am not at all saying that is the reason. All right. So don't hold me to that. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, so I'm glad he mentioned the Republic of Haiti. We had a very um in-depth conversation as far as Haiti's concerned yesterday, as we've always had, because um yes, today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, yesterday, Monday, because um Haiti is of concern, should be of concern, especially for those of us in the Western Hemisphere, right? Um, so let us see how this goes, how this conversation will go. You know, will they accept the invite? Will they be willing to do more than apologize, right? Do more than apologize. Um, what could they do? You know, and will they ever be able to give enough monetarily that will be sufficient? Hardly likely. Hardly likely. But um, let us hear what they come with. All right. Um, right now, I want to side with Dickon Mitchell, who is the prime minister of um, Grenada, and let them fix Haiti first. And I think all of CARICOM should agree on that. Yes, while each island wants its own um, come-to-Jesus moment with those who instituted slavery and colonization, right now, with Haiti being labeled the poorest country, and I'm putting the poorest in air quotations, I think we should all agree that they should start there. Not sure how everybody else feels, but that I'm okay with that. Haiti needs to get a head start. My feeling. I may be wrong. Um, you know we agree with you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Javette. Yeah, so, you know, we're here for it. So we're going to keep our eye on that and see what happens. And, of course, the said family has apologized for their role um, in the enslavement of hundreds of Africans on their plantations. Um, Laurel, who is a journalist with the British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC, along with her cousin John Dower, read the apology on behalf of over 100 family members. I am so sorry about our painful shared past and for the role of our ancestors in it. Um, the family has committed to giving £100,000 to establish a community fund. And I think this was brought up a couple of weeks ago. And my question, <laughs> my question was, um, where was this fund going to go to? Who was going to be the um, beneficiaries of this fund? But anyway, um, so £100,000 to establish a community fund for economic development will be managed by the University of the West Indies. So we have an answer. We got an answer. See, we ask questions. Remember, I said it, folks, people are listening. We just don't know who, but they're listening to us. So they've answered the question. Okay. Um, additionally, other family members will be making donations and have committed to giving their time to community projects in Grenada. Uh, Sir John and his wife, Louisa Simmond, owned about 1,000 enslaved persons on six plantations. Uh, they received £26,898, which is equal to about £3 million in today's money, as compensation for freeing their slaves. Should they then be 
asked to turn over minimum three million pounds. What are our thoughts versus a hundred thousand? Good morning, morning Fabian. Good morning. Good morning. Like your like your profile pic. How was the before we before you answer the question? <laughs> how was that um, event yesterday? It was absolutely wonderful. It was a great tribute to uh, the great Marcus Garvey at the uh, Miramar Cultural Center. We saw a documentary, and um, yeah, it was just a great, great night. And uh, the great um, Garvey historian Stephen Golden, as always, really brought it last night. Really brought it last night on stage in a speech, and it was just a warm, warm. Uh, enjoyable night, man. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. And thank you for having that room. I um, listened. And of course, um, Stephen Golding always delivers himself very well. And a lot of information, much of which I was not aware of. I'm going to be very honest because, of mm. course, we are not taught this, right? We're not taught this in school. And, and I, I went to school in Jamaica as well. So, yeah, a lot is missing. We need to revamp the history and um, social studies programs in the Caribbean, if I should say. All right, go ahead, Fabian. My apologies. Go right ahead. No apologies at all. I just want to touch on that real, real quick. Uh, you know, Stephen spoke on just this, um, his efforts to try to get this Garveyism curriculum into the Jamaica schools is going on better of. 14, 15 years now, and I'm just shaking my head and just really um, in disbelief that uh, we have to sell, that he has to try to sell that to our own school systems in terms of educating the teachers, obviously, before they can turn around and educate students. So that really speaks to one of the problems that, um, that we have, that we can't even embrace our own history fully. And yet we're still teaching this uh, Eurocentric uh, kind of curriculum. But nonetheless, um, as far as what this family is offering is really a slap in the face to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that we are in 2023 and that when one of these families that made billions off the backs of black people, uh, some of them are not even willing to apologize, really speaks to where we are. It, we're in 2023. And just an apology seems to make this big news and apology so it's uh, we have a long way to go we have a long way to but go let me ask you a question fabian let us um not even looking at those families human nature are we always ready to apologize for anything that we do how many times have you been walking out there someone bumps into you and they don't even say they're sorry well, um, I think we don't have to be ready all the time. I know I have apologized and I've been really conscious about it the last couple of years, apologizing for really <laughs> something I did not even know that I offended right. because you don't know somebody's past. You don't know what their triggers are. And sometimes we in inadvertently say things that hurt people. Mm -hmm. And if we see their body language change and shift or they stop communicating with us, I think it's incum incumbent on us to, to ask, hey, if I said something, if I said something, uh, but this is clear as day. This is not any, any gray area at right, all. Right, right. You know, uh, but just to think that an apology, an apology, which seems to be the minimum mm -hmm. you could do. But I get it because by apologizing, you now feel that you're admitting guilt. And as a result, if you're admitting guilt, you feel you got to pony up with some with some money now. So I fully <laughs> understand it. 
yeah. know, that, <laughs> I know where this is going. Is. Yeah. But this is ridiculous. A hundred thousand uh, dollars, they might spend that collectively on on a, on a good vacation in Europe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let me just. Uh, yeah. So I think that's the big issue for me, right? The equivalent in today's money, three million pounds for, an, and I'm not trying to empty anybody's pockets. Don't get me wrong. One thing I don't do is empty anybody's pockets. Okay, but I think realistically we need to be um if you say you want to make some sort of um you want to give a purse right and make it be a substantial purse when you consider that your family's wealth was built on the backs of a thousand slaves and you're apologizing that's the least you can do give at least what the equivalent is today to the university of the west indies to manage so that it is used to you know they, they have programs that will affect change all right go right ahead babe have they mentioned how much money they made off our backs no no okay because that seems to be an important uh, factor here when we're going to the table right like mm -hmm. how much money are you professing that you made of our ancestors backs and then we can go from there and they'll probably say to you that it's not possible for us to calculate that you know they're going to come up with excuses yeah, they're going to come up with something. right and that yeah. is why i am saying i am willing to accept the three million pounds in today's money that's that, that at least that bare minimum a hundred thousand pounds for a thousand slaves that's how much per slave it's shameful okay yeah. <laughs> All right, in our next door, we're still in Grenada. Grenada's Jefferson earns gold ticket on American Idol. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Grenadian fans of hit U.S. talent show American Idol will have an extra special reason to tune in this season as one of their own is in the competition. Jefferson Ramirez performed Otis Redding's soul hit Try a Little Tenderness on night two of the auditions on Sunday, which saw international acts from countries such as South Africa and Peru compete for a golden ticket to the next stage of the competition in Hollywood, California. He is the first Grenadian to compete on American Idol. For those who may be new to the 28-year-old, he has a repertoire of music that includes songs which are a mixture of soul, funk, and pop. His songs, such as Pray for Your Son and Something in the Water, have received thousands of hits on streaming platforms. So, Caribbean folks, we're going to rally behind him and we are going to support him the way the entire Caribbean stood up behind Tessan Chin. All right. So we're going to for um, we're going to keep an eye. We're going to check out how he's doing, how he is progressing. And of course, we wish him nothing but the best. Congratulations. And his name again is Jefferson, J-E-V-E-R-S-O-N, last name Ramirez. All right. Looks like a supermodel. Jamaica is our next stop for the remainder of our stories in the Caribbean corner. Jamaica finance minister says remittances helped cushion impact of COVID-19, courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Jamaicans across the diaspora are being lauded for their invaluable contribution in helping the local economy stay afloat through remittances during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Minister of Finance and the Public Service, Dr. Nigel Clark, said that remittances jumped approximately U.S. $500 million to $2.9 billion in 2020, which helped to cushion the loss of U.S. $2.5 billion in foreign exchange earnings from tourism. Remittance inflows further increased in 2021, exceeding, we got the numbers. Remember, we didn't have the numbers for 2021. Well, here we go. $3.3 billion. Let that sink in for a second. Folks in the diaspora, let that sink in. A lot of people wondered how Jamaica could have survived after the airport shut down in March 2020 and virtually no tourists came for months. He said, noting that it was the increase in remittances, among other measures implemented by the government, that enabled the country to successfully navigate the crisis. The minister was speaking recently at an adopter clinic ceremony for the Sunrise Health Center. The facility, located in the minister's St. Andrew Northwestern constituency, is being supported by Jamaican-born Patrick Lifat, who owns and operates the USAFE tech security firm, which is based in the United Kingdom. Today, we see the value of the Jamaican diaspora at work, with the Sunrise Health Clinic being financially adopted by this generous and patriotic Jamaican. He said that the support aligns with the government's focus on health care as a vital part of human capital development and wealth creation. Clark also said that the Sunrise uh, Health Center plays a crucial role in making sure that the primary health of residents is prioritized. He is very thankful for the financial assistance that is forthcoming. Sunrise Health Center is the 42nd facility to be adopted under the Ministry of Health and Wellness adopt a clinic program the initiative aims to engage the private sector and the diaspora in improving the primary health care system by supporting some 100 health centers across the island okay diaspora folks (laughs) 3.3 billion dollars y'all are amazing many of whom I'm sure were feeling the crunch during the pandemic as well as some were out of work, some lost their jobs, so on and so forth. And you are still able to support Jamaica's economy. This tells me even more than ever before that folks in the diaspora are important. Their voice, their voices, Folks, yeah, their voices should be heard. Listen to them. You know, when I was reading the article, I'm only thinking about James, when James would always say that they would show up in Canada and donate, donate, donate. We need to be present, not just our money. Yes, I am grateful that... um Peter Gracie, who came in here and um, introduced himself to us, he won. So I am hoping that his um, three-year tenure will be more than just being a liaison. They will actually hear what he's saying, delivering our messages, right, and implementing our ideas as how to move the country forward. 
especially when, when we think of the fact that many people in the diaspora want to go home. Yesterday we said people are not leaving their countries because they really want to leave. It's a matter of economics. There are many Jamaicans across the diaspora who want to retire home. But right now, the landscape ain't too cute, not when you hear the stories that are coming out day after day after day. And the, at the basis of it, we're hearing, or the government is always being blamed for the reason of this, why there is the crime there now. Has always been for decades, from my, from my opinion, always the government getting the blame. When are they going to start listening to those who have gone out, lived elsewhere, have made indelible contributions to other economies and other government systems in, at city and local, local and um, state levels or even at the federal level? Listen to what we have to say. Don't just want the money. $3.3 billion. Bless me. Baptize me. I count somebody. That's all I'm going to say. So, you did that, diaspora. Our next story, Indicom launches probe farmer and a security guard shot dead by cops. Investigators assigned to the Independent Commission of Investigations, Indicom's Western Regional Office, responded to and commenced investigations into two separate shootings by the police in two days. During the incidents, two men, one of them a security guard, were shot and killed and another man was shot and injured. The incidents occurred in Garland's District St. James on February 26 and Negril Westmoreland on February 27. In the first incident in Garland's District St. James, the police reported that officers were dispatched on a planned operation in the district in search of a man. During the search, it is alleged that men were seen running from a house, firing in the direction of the officers. One man, a 64-year-old farmer and construction worker Donald Green, was shot and killed. It is further reported that a Glock pistol firearm was recovered from the incident scene. Negril Westmoreland, the police report that the counterterrorism and organized crime CTOC officers were involved in a shooting incident where two security guards employed to secure World were shot at the Sunshine Plaza in Negril. Both men were taken to the hospital for treatment, and a 25-year-old Delon Harding was pronounced dead. No firearm was reported as recovered from the incident. Inquiries continued to further, or I'm sorry, let me restart over. Inquiries continued to further understand the full circumstances surrounding both incidents. Indicom urges all persons who witnessed the fatal shooting incidents to assist in the investigative process. And they can do so by contacting the commission's office with known information or by sending any photos and videos to Indicom's official WhatsApp number at 876-553-5555. All right, that's 876-553-5555. Judge slams businessman for Awful actions in human trafficking case, courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com.
Supreme Court Judge Justice Judith Pusey has described the actions of an Indian businessman as having been deliberate and manipulative when he subjected a fellow Indian national to forced domestic labor instead of as a jewelry store manager. On Friday, Pusey said a fine would not suffice for Roshan Shigur, who was convicted of human trafficking last month and sentenced him to 10 years in prison. Shigur was also sentenced to five years in prison for concealment of travel documents. Both sentences are to run concurrently. Shigur's wife, Danette, was fined $1 million or three years in prison for facilitating human trafficking. In addition, Pusey ordered that the Indian victim be compensated in the sum of $18,337 for his loss of outstanding income, pain and suffering, as well as the loss of a cell phone. Prosecutors led evidence at the trial that Shigur offered the Indian man a job as the manager of his jewelry store. However, when the man arrived in Jamaica, he was badly treated and was physically assaulted by the businessman. The Indian man's travel documents were also confiscated and all forms of communication with his friends and relatives were cut when his phone went missing. The man was forced to do domestic duties in the household, including cleaning the house and preparing meals for the family. He was also ordered to work in the jewelry store on occasions. On a date in 2017, the man allegedly attempted to take his own life, but he managed to escape in May 2019 and and reported the matter to the relevant authorities. During the sentencing hearing, Pusey said she found that Shigur took advantage of the victim and manipulated him, the victim, for his own personal gain. His conduct resulted in the near death of the victim and untold emotional, psychological, and physical scars. The judge said for that, Shigur's conduct must not only be punished, but the punishment must act as a deterrent. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Um, so, of course, we know that many of the in-bond stores um, in... Uh, Otreus, Montego Bay, in the airports are owned by the Indians, right? Um, they go back to India and they bring over folks, not necessarily their family members, but they bring them over, yes, and they promise them or um, the role of store manager with the expectation that they will get their own store. Right. And um, it's kind of like what. The. What's the ones that do your nail? You want nails done today? You have boyfriend. What, what's that? The Vietnamese. The Chinese, the Asians, the, the Asians, the Vietnamese. Right. They, they do that. If you notice, like after a couple of years, you don't see them in the nail salon again. They've moved on and they pass it on to somebody else. So and that's how they are able to build up their communities. Um, it's the first time hearing about this quote-unquote enslavement of the folks that they're bringing from India. What I know I have heard is that they're, they don't treat the Jamaicans that work in their inbound duty-free stores very well. That is what I've heard, you know. But um, no, you can't do that. You don't bring people over and mistreat them. You don't do that. And I'm, I hope they do an audit through all of them to ensure that they're not doing this at all. 
Not at all. Right? And if it's going on, I would implore those who are working in these stores and they're observing any of this sort of behavior that they report them to the authorities. Because I, I am feeling that way strongly because they get advantages that Jamaicans don't get. They get breaks that Jamaicans do not get. And we, we talk about that all the time. We make it harder for Jamaicans to be successful, but um, other um, nationalities are able to come there and make a headway, get ahead. It's as though the road is paved for them while we're still jumping over potholes. Praying our, our ankles don't get twisted. So we have to hold them to a higher standard. So I'm here for, for, for them being caught. All right, next up. Uh, office manager charged for multi-million dollar theft at Spanish Town gas station. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. The office manager at a gas station in Spanish Town, St. Catherine, has been charged by the police for allegedly stealing over $2.5 million. Charged with larceny is a servant who is 30... Why do I call it a servant who is a who is 30 years old? Uh, who can tell me? Male or female? Female. You got it. Sasha Gay Lee of Port Moore in the parish. The police say Lee was charged after the findings of an audit of the accounts at the gas station. The audit showed that $2,535,520 was missing from the accounts. Lee was confronted and reportedly confessed to taking the money between November last year and February this year. All right, ladies, what the heck is going on? What was going on? Why are the ladies <laughs> leading the way right now with all these... um? alleged stealings of millions of dollars is there something i'm missing they're watching too much queen of the south <laughs> to tell you that <laughs> ridiculous oh my gosh she was taking the money between november last year and february this year so she did not feel she didn't balance those books right she should have got consult with um gina and pantan because gina was able to get away with it for 10 years come on let it go but i have an issue with the word servant charged with larceny as a servant are we still using that word in 2023 we talk. This is post-colonial Jamaica. We talk about um, breaking away from the monarchy. Well, it's, we're going to have to break away from the language, the verbiage. Choice of word. She's an employee. Where is that story from, um, Moments? Nationwide Radio, JM.com. Them need a... Let me stop. Good morning, Alpha. Good morning. Let me stop. I need another cup of coffee. So Put some white rum in there. <laughs> I need something. Thank you. Thank you for the tip. You're welcome. And a little tip of salt. Yeah, well, if, if Jamaica did not get rid of some of these um, street names, you know what I mean? Like Leo the Bosgrave Road and all them stuff. They think them. Uh, I'm not surprised that they're still holding up on this servant thing and whatever, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> typical Jamaica. 
you know, call her a gas station attendant, something, but servant. Servant. It's the word in the actual law, so they'll have to rewrite the law itself. It's not nationwide calling her a servant. The law is actually read that way. In the okay, fine, Kalisha. Thank you for clarifying that. But let me ask you this question. Because it's written in the law that way, does it mean we have to regurgitate it that way? Can't we, in media, change it and say, um, I don't know. Um, for educational purposes, I think you should read it verbatim. You have okay. to but I do believe that they should, the law should be rewritten, as you said, we're moving away from it or a colonial past. And we really should look into rewriting these things and changing the wordings of them. But as somebody who's stating the facts, reporting people who we are trying to lean on to trust, mm -hmm. you should give it as it is given. Okay. All right. I, Fair enough. I won't argue with that. The law is the law. The wording is the wording. So who do we hold responsible for changing how the laws are worded? The policymakers who are at the table, legislators, the, the, the parliamentarians, it's their responsibility. And why I say it is because if we leave it to the journalists who already in Jamaica, we know that journalism is very shaky. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we can't leave these interpretations and expressions up to people's subjective views. Mm -hmm. but one person going to call it an employee, one going to call it a servant, one going to call it a maid. Somebody going to say, oh, I'm friend. And next thing you know, it's all scattered. So I just believe that as a journalist who's reporting what the court says, you say it exactly as it is said and leave the word play to the people who have the power to do so. And I believe the people of the power to do so should actually change it because it doesn't sound good. Can we petition for that? Can Jamaicans petition for um, a change? In that particular law or in all of our old in, laws? In all of our laws. I think we need a revision, especially as we're, we're, we are um, courting the idea and heavily courting the idea of breaking away from the monarchy. Well, you know my view on that. I've always stated that Jamaica, I've told you before that there are laws on the book for everything in Jamaica. The right. problem is they are not enforced and they are old. They are archaic. And so, yeah, we need a, a revision of all our old laws. I yeah. agree. All right. Thank you, Kalisha. Go ahead, Fabian. All right. I have my coffee. Um, <laughs> you put it wrong? <laughs> as a journalist myself, I have the discretion to use that or not. I, will, I would never use a word like that. All this takes is a call or an email to whatever local editor of whatever uh, media outlet that is. We have to wait upon a law and change law and all that kind of something. We need to really start focusing on what we call ourselves, what we think about ourselves. This third world, uh, that's another word that triggers me. Uh -huh. Can we say developing country instead of third world? We're telling our children growing up that we are from these third world countries or these African countries are third world. We need to stop this nonsense. We really do, including me. Agreed. We need to. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. 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 Uh, we should push for that, um, Fabian. And, you know, it starts with us. And, um, yeah, starts with us. Starts with us. All right, thank you. Portmore, we, Portmore Pines robbers flee with $10 million.
This story also courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM.com. Head of the St. Catherine South Police Senior Superintendent Christopher Phillips says the thieves who shot and killed a security guard and injured two others in a brazen daylight attack outside the Jamaica National Branch in Port Morpine, St. Catherine, made off with over $10 million. Reports are that at about 9.03 a.m., three guards attached to the Beryllium Limited, a member of the guardsman group, were making a cash delivery when they were attacked by masked gunmen armed with high-powered rifles. One of the guards died from his injuries, while another is in hospital in serious condition. The third guard was treated and released. An eyewitness told Nationwide News that the guards came under gunfire the moment they exited their vehicle. An eyewitness was speaking with Cliff Hughes online earlier today. Uh, Quick quick question. Uh, The incident is now Portmore? Yes, Portmore Pines. Uh, What kind of establishment again? Jamaica National Bank and the the um, Beryllium Limited, a member of the Guardsman Group, their guards were making a cash delivery. Oh, so oh, so are they, um, what do they call them people there again? Um, the the couriers. The, uh, oh, just a, oh, just a courier. And, and the the guy them were driving the armor vehicle and delivering. Yeah, that's the what they they call them couriers. But the three guards attached to Beryllium Limited. Mm. were making the delivery when they were attacked by masked gunmen. So the men that were attacked work with Beryllium. Beryllium is a part of Guardsmen and they were making a cash delivery to Jamaica National Bank. Uh, I wonder if any of them fire upon them. If like them are armed guard. Because when we do the security work, um, it's like them want... Remember, what? One of my co-worker, him, him, him get gunned down that way there. You know what I mean? I never know him or nothing still, but a similar co-worker. And him did work at, I wish I was a port mortar. I don't remember, but him get gunned down, the, the video. And from you know, the security thing, uh, it's like, them not, we guards them, they don't get like, attacked like, at certain places. Mm-hmm. So that is why when, like, if, me do, if I don't have my original duty, and then I try to put me like some other dude. But me, me, I don't know about nobody else, but me make sure I tell them. I'm going to tell them where to say me walk off of the work. Cause I'm going to play a certain game. And then I can put my life in a jeopardy. And me and I just did it like, uh, well, all I, I do I just de- get somebody and put back in my place for, for, for pick up that duty. I'm going to run them Joe then. And so, uh, certain places, I tell them, say, oh, if I go work on a gas station, or if I go work anywhere where they need no money, like some of them, um, you know, money gram place or whatever. Yo, your office, yeah, I forget an arm guard right there. So either you go try to put me through the training, or you get somebody else who is armed for work at them places there. Because a Joe thing, forget an unarmed guard. You know what I mean? All the games are panic button. You don't even know how far some of them, um, what you call them, um, patrol um, personnel them there. Uh, and them do it to me one time already and take me and put me at some location. Um, open a stone hill. I'm, I'm just like, alright, cool. And all for find out, say, all for find out, say, yo, man broke in at the man's house. Once at the night before, uh, two times, or two or three times, man broke in at the man's house. And the mother take me and put me there. And when them gone, everything, me I get for find out, say, hey, how this take place? I mean, I said, them people are wicked. So when I talk about it with the boss, when my, um, them come pick me up, and I say, yo, only come take me and put me up. Uh, 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 and, uh, 
first me the inside upon the property and like uh, I guess whoever worked there um the, well whoever lived there the guy in, in come home from work or whatever it is him come home from and say yo money for the pan outside. I mean, yes. So but, like, oh, yeah, cool. But let but um okay yeah. I thought, from my experience when I worked in the bank back in Jamaica, um usually all the couriers that handle cash do have weapons. However, based on the story, as they got out, so you are blindsided. How are how, realistically, how were they gonna be able to fire back if they were blindsided as they got out of the vehicle shot they were shot at Let, let's be realistic for a second no no man, no that's what me actually if i understand like but me, overall myself speaking in general i say that's what you may ask if them have firearm and stuff like that no if you get blindsided and caught off guard then there's nothing you probably can do you get what I say? It depends on how quick you react or if it's just a situation you just can't do nothing at all you just get Blindsided, you know what I mean? You don't see it coming, none at all. Then there's nothing you can do. But I say overall, you have some um, some of these companies them take unarmed security guards and put certain places where them know say your armed guards are supposed to be there. As I say, when I'm a co-worker, them take him and put him on location, and them get gunned down. Uh, them, the video that go around and all them something like that. Uh, more than one time it happened. You right. get me? I say. Yeah. So me I say yo these, but in that case, you say they were blind them them armed guards and they got blindsided you know what i mean uh, yeah can't because, understand because that. the eyewitness said as they exited the vehicle they were um they came under gunfire so clearly the people um who committed the crime they have been watching them because armed trucks operate off of a time by a certain time they have to be at certain locations so they've been watching them and you know it's unfortunate that this happened now i will say this that certain jobs come with certain risks certain True. jobs come with certain risks risks sorry and there's nothing you can do about that all right all right next up new yeah newly renovated monique health center now open so we have some good news nationwide radio jm.com is reporting that the monique health center in saint anne has reopened following a 26 million dollar renovation project the renovation includes a refurbished health center building an upgraded pharmacy and a new waiting area Speaking at the official handing over ceremony last Friday, Minister of Health and Wellness Dr. Christopher Tufton said the project will enhance the service delivery to residents in Monique and surrounding areas. He also stated that the renovated health center is a sign of progress and will improve the comfort of all parties concerned. Dr. Tufton cited the completion of the project as an indication of the government's commitment to improving the country's primary health care system. The minister also stated that the health ministry is aiming to restore Jamaicans' confidence in the health centers in their communities and change their approach to health care. And on the medical scene as well, out of Jamaica, courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM, CHS acquires Medical Associates Hospital. Caribbean Health Systems Limited, CHS, is the new owner of Medical Associates Hospital. The transaction, which closed recently under a takeover bid, will see CHS taking over the operations of the private hospital in Kingston.
CHS is a St. Lucian registered entity whose principals are Dr. David Walcott, Ryan Reed, Douglas Housel, Dr. Michael Banbury, Kevin Donaldson, and Kirk Anthony Hamilton. The shareholders of CHS on record are Novamed Inc., First Rock Real Estate Investments, and Health Ventures Limited. The group intends to transform private health care in Jamaica with massive expansion plans slated for the 64-year-old hospital. Dr. Walcott, who will lead the hospital as its managing director, says they see great potential for health care in Jamaica and plan to make medical associates a national icon of quality healthcare. Dr. Banbury, who was the CEO for Medical Associates for many years and who led its turnaround to profitability, says he is pleased to be returning to the facility as chairman. So, good news for um, them. Awesome. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we have more stories. Thank you to everyone listening online and everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you for coming to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. It is Turned Up Tuesday. Coming up after the music break, we have stories out of Latin America and the international scene. to everyone listening on the quality music zone qmzradio.com and johnnoradio.com keep it locked Try 
club, they gon' be like, damn, that's hot. And when they play it in the car, they gon' drop they tops like, damn, that's hot. They gon' mix it with Biggie, it was all a dream, like, She said, don't you worry if I disappear I told her I'm not really looking for another mistake I called an old friend thinking that the trouble would wait But then I jumped right in a week later Returned, I reckon she was only looking for a lover to burn But I gave her my time for two or three nights Then I put it on pause until the moment was right I went away for months until I passed crossed again She told me I was never looking for a friend Maybe you could swing by my room around ten Baby, bring the lemon and the bottle of gin We'll be in between the sheets till the late a.m. Baby, if you wanted me, then you should have just said she's singing Don't win my love That heart is so cold All over my own I don't wanna know that, baby Only wanna see her We drink away the days with a takeaway pizza Before a text message was the only way to reach her Now she's staying at my place and loves the way I treat her Singing out Aretha all over the track like a feature And never wants to sleep, I guess that I don't want to either But me and her, we make money the same way Four cities, two planes the same day And those shows have never been what it's about But maybe we'll go together and just figure it out I'd rather put on a film with you and sit on the couch But we should get on a plane or we'll be missing it now Wish I'd have written it down the way that things played out When she was kissing him how I was confused about Now she should figure it out while I'm sat here singing Don't win my love That heart is so cold All over my own I don't wanna know that Coming up later on this evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, it is The Rose Solo Show, live on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. Yeah. 
right, it's time for us to go ahead and get back to business. Time for stories out of Latin America. Thank you, Mariah Carey. That was honey. Okay, so first up, Mexican soldiers killed five in border town, sparking protests. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. A shooting by Mexican army soldiers has left five people dead in the border city of Nuevo Laredo, Mexico, igniting a clash between the soldiers and residents who came to the scene to protest. The soldiers were investigating gunshots from the area and opened fire on a pickup truck early Sunday after it failed to obey their orders to stop, according to a state crime scene report, which was obtained on Monday by the Associated Press. The report said five bodies were found in or near the bullet-riddled truck in Nuevo Laredo, which is opposite Laredo, Texas. The incident provoked a scuffle between soldiers and a large group of angry residents who believed the victims were not armed and that there was no reason to arbitrarily kill them in this way. That's according to the Group Human Rights Committee of Nuevo Laredo. Videos of the incident posted on social media show residents scuffling with soldiers on a street near the bullet-ridden pickup truck with civilians throwing punches, knocking one soldier to the ground and repeatedly kicking him. Gunfire can be heard towards the end of that incident, sending people running, but it is not clear who fired the shots. In a video statement, rights committee activist Raimundo Ramos claimed the soldiers fired at the crowd but had no immediate information about additional casualties. He also said the dead youths had been returning from a night out at a club when they were killed. The state crime scene reports that a Texas-issued identification document was found on one of the dead bodies. The United States Embassy could not immediately confirm whether any U.S. citizens or residents were involved. The report said three of the bodies were found in the pickup truck and two on the sidewalk nearby such reports usually note any weapons found at a crime scene but no mention was made of any in this case uh okay so they didn't stop is does that warrant you having to shoot up the vehicle were they um I would love to see a video of how the vehicle was being operated. Were they barreling towards them? What? Hmm? That's what I want to know. I I want more information. I'm sorry. But this is unacceptable. What I have presented to me is unacceptable. No need to shoot up the vehicle. It, in my opinion, it is a human rights violation. And unfortunately, the city of Nuevo Laredo has been the scene of many human rights violations by the military in Mexico in the past. Get it together, folks. No, you don't really care much about people, but get it together. Turkey, another earthquake hit them on Monday, toppling more buildings. One person was killed. This story courtesy of the Associated Press. 
A magnitude 5.6 earthquake shook southern Turkey on Monday, three weeks after a catastrophic temblor de- devastated the region, causing some already damaged buildings to collapse and killing at least one person, the country's disaster management agency, AFAD, said. Another 69 people were injured as a result of the earthquake, which was centered in the town of Yesil Yurt in Malatya province. More than two dozen buildings collapsed. Um, the mayor, Mehmet Sinar, told Haber Turk Television that her father and daughter were trapped beneath the rubble of a four-story building in the town. The pair had entered the damaged building to collect belongings. Elsewhere in Malatya, search and rescue teams were sifting through the rubble of two damaged buildings that toppled on some of uh, on top of some parked cars. Malatya was among 11 Turkish provinces hit by the magnitude 7.8 earthquake that devastated parts of southern Turkey and northern Syria on February 6. So far, the death toll as a result of the quake has exceeded 48,000 in both countries, as well as the collapse or serious damage of 173,000 buildings in Turkey. Uh, The chief is urging people not to enter damaged buildings, saying strong aftershocks continue to pose a risk. Close to 10,000 aftershocks have hit the region since February 6th. Easier said than done, right? It's easy to tell people, you know, forget about what you have there. We all want to hold on to whatever memories, salvage what we can. But at the same time, we have to exercise caution and we have to think, is it worth putting my life at risk to collect belongings? Yes, all you may have is the clothes on your back, but at least you have your life. And with life, there is hope. You can rebuild. Yes, it's going to be a struggle. I'm not going to tell anybody it's easy. It's going to be a struggle, but it can be done. Um, It seems as though, and I know this is too much to ask because um, resources are limited, whether it is for the country or the citizens, um, but for those who are able to move out of the area, probably that's the best thing. If the government is able to relocate people, do so. Because this seems, this is what, the 28th, what, 6 from 28th is what, 22 days later, they're still suffering from earthquakes and aftershocks. That whole region needs to be evacuated, in my opinion. Easier said than done. I can sit here and talk, but it's not necessarily practical. Um, Building owners need to be checking their buildings for cracks and everything. And if the building is deemed unsafe, get your residents out. Their life is more important than the rent you're going to collect. It's going to be a financial setback, but better that. Better that. Our next story, we head on over to the UK. Why Brexit? Brexit's back in the news. Britain and the EU struck a Northern Ireland trade deal. This story is courtesy of NPR. And uh, I do apologize. Let me go ahead and grab the sound bite from NPR for this one. Today's the 28th. Yeah, last day in the month of February. I hope we're well on our way 
to achieving things that we set out, you know, things that we put on our to-do list for this year. Okay, why is this thing? Okay, here we go. All right. I... You ever be scrolling sometimes and the screen just don't want to scroll with you? Okay. All right, so this soundbite is courtesy of NPR.org. NPR comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. More than six years after a majority of British voters chose to leave the European Union and more than two years since that divorce process was finalized, there is now a resolution to one of the thorniest parts of that Brexit deal. Today, the UK and the European Union signed an agreement on trade in and out of Northern Ireland. London-based journalist Willem Marx joins us now to explain. Hey, Willem. Hey, Elsa. So, Okay, Brexit happened more than two years ago. So what's been the trading situation up until now? And and why has it been so problematic? Well, that Brexit deal signed more than two years ago under Boris Johnson. There was this mechanism called the Northern Ireland Protocol designed to address a fiendishly complicated trade problem that Brexit created. You see, anywhere that goods enter the European Union, since it defines itself as a single market, they're checked to ensure they meet certain standards on safety or hygiene, that kind of thing. And since a physical border with the Republic of Ireland was seen as a potential flashpoint, given the region's very troubled 20th century history, the Europeans insisted that those goods manufactured or produced elsewhere in the UK should instead be checked even before they arrived in Northern Ireland. That solution angered some people in Northern Ireland who didn't like the idea they were being separated from the rest of the UK, and it also annoyed some lawmakers in British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's Conservative Party who felt it left European Union officials with a role in internal UK trade flows. Okay, so how does this new deal solve that problem? Well, it will alter the way the European Union inspects products and goods that pass into Northern Ireland from other parts of the United Kingdom. That's England, Wales, Scotland. Until now, all those checks created a paperwork nightmare for wholesalers and retailers in Northern Ireland, and indeed for manufacturers and farmers in other parts of the UK. But British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak at a press conference this afternoon insisted the new arrangements would create a much smoother and less bureaucratic movement of goods into Northern Ireland by using these Green and red lanes. Green would be for British products, including medication, that are staying in Northern Ireland, while red would be for goods and products that are going to get sold onto the Republic of Ireland, essentially thus entering the EU. Well, this sounds majorly complicated. Um, I understand that that is designed to take care of the trade difficulties. But what about the politics around all of this? Like, can this deal solve the political piece of this? Well, one of the big challenges, you know, since that original plan, including that Northern Ireland protocol was implemented at the start of 2021, is that one of the big political parties in Northern Ireland's rather small local parliament really didn't like the deal. You know, that party, the Democratic Unionists, essentially exists to try and ensure that Northern Ireland remains part of the United Kingdom. They thought the protocol was like a wedge that was being driven between them and the rest of the UK. They they voted against Boris Johnson's Brexit deal repeatedly. And it's one of the reasons the Brexit process dragged on so long. And then after it passed, they also refused to take part in the local government of Northern Ireland, which has basically meant there's been no major local decisions taken there for two years, let alone new local legislation introduced. And so Sunak's hoping very much so they'll now be happy with this new plan once they see the details. And that will then provide a turning point for politics in Northern Ireland. And should we expect that to happen soon? Well... 
He's promised that the local legislature in Northern Ireland, known as the Stormont Assembly, will have the ability to diverge from European Union laws in a way that was difficult under the previous deal. The details are out. And he's he's saying that the UK Parliament will get a vote on this new deal when the time is, quote, appropriate. It will be crucial to see how those Democratic Unionists, that Northern Irish political party, react. The entire Brexit process has really reawakened some pretty big tensions in the region. Only last week, gunmen tried to kill a senior police officer in Northern Ireland. And, and so Sunak and others in his cabinet are hoping today's announcement will go some way to settling some of those more inflammatory issues and indeed easing some of those tensions between different communities there. That is Willem Marx in London. Thank you, Willem. Thanks, Elsa. All right. So I, I have a couple of questions. I have a couple of questions and um, I'm not ashamed. I need clarity. Is Ireland a part of the United Kingdom? Or Northern Ireland is for the United Kingdom. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me go to the map. Northern Ireland is a part of the United Okay. So is it that Northern Ireland is one country, technically, and then Ireland is another, but it's just attached to the mainland Ireland? Is that it? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. So Northern Ireland is a part of the United Kingdom, but Ireland isn't. Okay. All right, just trying to understand this here. Um, hmm. Okay, so, all right, got it, in my head, got it. <laughs> Thank you for your patience with me as I try to figure it out. Okay, so, in our next story, Je- Janet Yellen. <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, anybody has the social security number for Ukraine? Please let me have it. And I think we all need to claim Ukraine and our taxes. Janet Yellen visits Ukraine and pledges even more U.S. economic aid. Story courtesy of NPR.org. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen made a surprise visit to Ukraine on Monday in which she reaffirmed America's support for the country and announced Brace yourselves, folks. $1.25 billion in economic aid for things like schools and hospitals. The money is the first part of a new, brace yourselves again, $9.9 billion package. <laughs> so Biden go on half a, half a, half a, half a billion, half a million, something like so. I know she has got half a billion. Mm, okay, not on you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, the money is the first part of a new $9.9 billion package of civilian aid for Ukraine as its war with Russia enters a second year. Uh, <laughs> our funds help pay for emergency personnel from firefighters who answer the call when missiles strike to medical professionals who treat sick and wounded civilians. Yellen said at a Kiev school that the United States helped rebuild after Russian shelling broke most of the windows and doors last spring. Last month, Ukraine's government said it faced an almost $25 billion budget shortfall. Don't worry, Ukraine, we got you! Since Russia invaded the country in February 2022, particularly after to making income taxes optional during wartime. Various ministries have struggled to cover expenses without foreign support. When we were facing a 
crisis here with gas. Didn't we still have to pay the taxes? But anyway, our salaries have stayed the same throughout the war. So too ours here in the U.S., in large part thanks to the American support. High school chemistry teacher Lara Chucky Chuvikina, let me get it right, told NPR. The U.S. also funded a bomb shelter and elevator at the school. We want our students to return to normal. I want my damn bank account to return to normal, please, and thank you, U.S. government. As well as visiting the Ukrainian school, the U.S. Treasury chief met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and the country's Prime Minister, Denis Shimhal. Her visit came a week after surprise appearance in Kiev by President Biden. Oh, these surprises. Both trips signaling the administration's continued support for the country. Yellen said the United States has provided, I have to swallow hard on this one, so far about $50 billion to Ukraine in military, economic, and humanitarian aid over the past year. Just as security assistance bolsters the front lines, I believe that this economic assistance is fortifying the home front, thereby strengthening Ukraine's resistance, she said. Yellen stopped in Kiev on her way home from a prickly meeting of a group of 20 nations finance ministers in India. Several large economies, including India, China, and Turkey, have refused to join U.S.-led sanctions against Russia. Over the weekend, China declined to sign onto a G20 declaration condemning Russia's invasion. During her remarks on Monday, Yellen noted that sanctions remain an important tool to counter Russia's military-industrial complex. Uh, news for you, Yellen and team, it ain't working. But acknowledge that Russia buys many goods secondhand through neutral countries. That makes manufactured goods like microchips, which are vital for manufacturing weapons, relatively easy to acquire in Russia. And microchips imports into Russia have increased dramatically in the past year, and that's according to research from Elena Rybakova, Deputy Chief Economist at the Institute of International Finance. Yellen said that sanctions invasion would be a priority for the Treasury Department in 2023, but did not provide many details about how to tackle it. She also refused to answer questions about whether the U.S. would levy sanctions on China if it exported weapons to Russia, following U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's remarks on CBS News that Beijing is allegedly considering supplying lethal support to Moscow. Uh, Yellen said, our coalition of over 30 countries has mounted the swiftest, most unified, and most ambitious sanctions, sanctions sorry, regime in modern history. While the sanctions have been broad, observers note that many figures have still gone unpenalized for helping Moscow. There are Russian companies, oligarchs, and organizations contributing to the Russian war effort that the U.S. has not sanctioned yet. <laughs> Let me just laugh on that one. Yellen touted U.S.-led efforts to place price caps on Russian oil and other fuel products, yet some analysts say these measures have not yet had the desired effect. Didn't I just say earlier that it ain't working? It ain't working. This sanction, 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 going around the world and just sanctioning everybody, it's not working. Nobody is cowering anymore, U.S. But I have a problem, and my, my, my um... My problem is the dollars and cents. 
Let me check my bank account because um, I must be in the negative by now. So they're not pump billions of dollars over EAT where they're right next door for better infrastructure, for stop the foolishness we're going over there, which we all know why though. When they go to Africa the other day, they never pump the billions of US dollars over the Senate. And when them got oh, oh, India's India says she go? Yeah, she uh, went they went to um uh, yeah. They they pumped the billions of dollars over there, so no? Uh, Alright, so okay. <laughs> okay. You uh, that's all it is just whites helping whites, that's all. Nothing that's all. Um Moment she yes, yes, like no. you your bank account like Congress ain't got no sense. <laughs> market and i have to be like okay i need that but i can't get let me tell you something i have to be grateful for buy one get one free is you hear me tell you that's how i'm able to feed my family of six buy one we have to make it stretch and right about now the tread out to pop for those who don't speak jamaica um the thread is about to become unraveled and just disintegrate i can't do any more I can't. Still waiting on something basic as eggs, the price to come back down. Still waiting. I don't know. Uh, last week, Thursday, as I was heading to meet up with Sunet under the bridge, heading to downtown Miami. Ah. <sighs> It's so sad. The homeless people that you see. Yeah. The homeless not people. The homeless people that we see under the bridges, dirty, sitting there, looking as though they have lost all hope. Fifty billion dollars though we have it to pump into Ukraine. And every city you go into, you have homeless, right? People going on day by day. <sighs> I don't know. At this point, I really don't know. And I've said this before, and I don't want to beat a dead horse. I don't have a problem with us being um, humanitarian in our efforts. But there has to be a limit. Where do we draw the line? And the Ukraine, they're going to be like a mongrel dog, a stray dog on the street. I'm sorry to have to put it that way, but I'm trying for us to, to make sense of the madness. You know when you, you, you throw a, a, a bone out there and he takes it and you throw another one and he takes it and then he comes and then he makes himself comfortable in your yard. That's exactly. We keep doling out money and they keep coming back. He was just, what is his name? Zelensky was just here the other day. Biden, you just went there secretly last week. And now this other one got there secretly this week. Who else popping up secretly next week? And who is taking a, a checkbook, a blank? It's as though we have a blank checkbook. 
I want to know how true it is because somebody please tell me if it's true or not. I heard that you can actually uh, take out a car, take out whatever, and really and truly you don't owe anything because I need to start living for free in this country. I'm just frustrated. Moment. Uh, isn't the whole bill about helping um, students with a student loan, people with outstanding student loans, That's being gone taken to, to the court. Supreme Court? Yep, it's going to court. It's going to the Supreme Court. And one of the, the case for it is that it's charity. Yes. And that people should find money. Yes. So you can give $50 billion a year to Ukraine, but to help out citizens who come from your college who are struggling on the student debt, that does not go away to give them a relief is charity i'm just asking i think the mistake that we're all making in this room is to understand can hardly hear you o'neill yeah you sound low well Any better? yes much better go right ahead that's the answer the mistake where what we're overlooking is what happens with the u.s economy when there's a war so it's either the U.S. is directly fighting a war or we're involved in inciting a war. The importance of war to the U.S. economy is that it booms. So that $50 billion that's been given to Ukraine is $50, $50 million that goes back into the purse of the people that manufacture arms. It's really all of that money that's going out really comes back it's not coming to us oh, okay I, I was glad i'm glad you clarified that no 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 it's not, no that's the economy so remember the the what does the u.s makes most of its money from right um and the different industries so they they are the industry that manufactures arms manufactures weapons that manufactures fighter jets etc etc that's where Somebody is getting a contract. That $50 billion is not cash that goes into the hand of Ukraine. There's some contract out there that some major arms dealer has or manufacturer has to manufacture these arms that goes to Ukraine. So the money comes back. It's a cycle. And then once, if and when, if and when the war is over and Ukraine needs to be rebuilt, then the U.S. government is going to be rebuilding Ukraine and that it's money coming from the Ukraine's purse to say we are going to rebuild bridges, we are going to rebuild schools, we are going to re rebuild infrastructure. It's all a business. It's all a part of the machinery and, and, and they're actually encouraging this work and this war makes them make more money. Mm -hmm. I said so, that yesterday, O'Neill. Yeah, it's, it's simple. Like... What we okay. are fighting about homelessness and school, they don't care about that. They don't care about you and because I. that not putting money in their pocket. And not only that, I keep saying it's important. In You have to have the peasants and you have to have the wealth. And if there's no peasants, then there are no workers. There are no modern-day slaves that go to work to make them richer. Hmm. You don't have student loan to pay and being penalized to pay it then you may not have any reason to work. <laughs> you jump on a plane in Amazon, you go to Australia, and you 
you're a tourist every day because you don't have to work. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Let me take some comments from the chat. Thank you so much, um, O'Neill. So, uh, so they're okay sending money for wars, but they can't forgive student debt. Uh, Lanre, I hope I pronounced your name, your first name correct. Is it Lanre or Lanry? Please, if you're able to speak, I would appreciate hearing you correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so the price the U.S. government is paying is the price for ensuring its continued sovereign reign and leadership. And I think we have spoken about that here before. If Russia is allowed to win the battle, then we have a cold war on our hands. So the USA is paying the necessity price for this. You folks are looking at this from a very simple point of view. You must recognize that this is the price for the peace you have in the USA. These are serious geopolitical issues. There won't be a college for anybody to go to if the USA is involved directly in a war battle. The USA is fighting a proxy war. The economy, that is, and monetary gain is a part of it, but geopolitical dominance is much more important. Lanray, thank you, Virginia. <laughs> thank you. Okay, I think someone opened their mic. Uh, Javette, go right ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. I'm not saying anything. Okay, all right, okay. <sighs> um, it, so, Lan Ray, it's not that um, we're looking at it from a simple perspective. I think we have exhausted it so much, and I think we're at the point of frustration that we have nothing left to say. We are just tired. We're tired. Tad, tad, tad. You know? If it, if, if it was simple, Michelle would have all done it. I said that from the perspective that how I look at the world is not... <clears throat> the, there is good and there is evil. And it's coexisting and always will coexist. Um, if it was easy, we all would have done it. And... It's, 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 I think we have to recognize that some of the ills that we see. You know, I remember when Butch, when, when President Bush Jr. used to make speeches when he was fighting that war in Iraq and Afghanistan that he's going to rid the world of evil. Right? And every time he said those words, I saw evil. <laughs> right? Because. You, it, there's this moral high ground that politicians take to actually push their own agendas. And um, at the end of the day, I'm waiting to see that human being that can rid the world of all its ills, right? It has to be a collective. And there is too much at stake just like slavery, just like apartheid, just like all the different ills that black people has faced, it was never really resolved, right? It served its time, and then they move on to a different element of it. All they do is reform it. They just redesign it. And, and so today, as I said before, we are enslaved in a different way. 
and geopolitically, I mean, we're not we're not going to see $50 billion being given to poor people. Because the, the whole agenda is not about enriching the ordinary man. It's never been that way and will never be. That's just the hope or the, 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 the aspiration that they plant in your mind like cocaine to think that you'll have an opportunity to. And that's how the token billionaires come about. So they make seven or eight or 10 black billionaires in a country of 300 million people and then tell us that there is an opportunity for us. There's none. I yield the floor. So while you were talking, O'Neill, I'm thinking. And I'm, I learned the, the phrase, not, I shouldn't say learn the phrase. I'm familiar with the phrase, but I am embracing the phrase more. Thanks to Sonnet, silver lining. Looking for the silver lining in all of this, right? I'm learning to do that. And the silver lining for me in all of this is that at least the war is not on U.S. soil. The silver lining also is that we don't have boots on the ground there. So our... Um, sons and daughters are not on the front line yet i don't even want to throw that word into it i it's like i don't want to put that conjunction there it's like saying but no 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 i, I want to leave it right there after i have to think positive if i'm saying silver lining i can't throw in the doubtful with it you know what i mean so i'm gonna continue to think positive and hope for a positive outcome in the end we're feeling the pains i have to just accept that we are feeling the pains for this decision that they have deemed prudent let us keep america safe let us keep our military safe and just give them the money because it may cost more if we put boots on the ground we don't know right Quick question. So, uh, well, no, say you was a send a whole heap of aid over there. So, were they in a uh, cash check our weapons? So, what if, you know what I mean, uh, when, when they're putting this I say, you know, a long time I tell myself to stop help Russia, um, Ukraine, I'm not here, you know, so you know, well, they might not have boots on the ground, but, you know, we might not fight directly, but indirectly we not fight. You give me a sec, I wanna continue to send billions of dollars and whole heap weapons and all kind of stuff. I just waited again them send more weapons the other day. After them uh, when they buy go over there and send uh, give them much money again. <laughs> so if it decides say yo, you know what uh, this I go this will be the consequences come on a year. I mean you tell them already, then what? You know what I say? Mm. Why we can't, why we want we want to continue? I'm not lie. I don't want a war for take place over here. So, me have family over here. <laughs> me over here. My wife there. I don't want a war for take place over here. So, cause I'm go, you know, I'm not, I'm not fight none. <laughs> you get what I say? And we can't say who we're gonna run go back away about. You get me? You don't know in, from America say Ray Jamaica go say how oh, high. You know what I mean? So, it's like. You can't escape it, and nobody know winning a war. Everybody lose. There's no winning a war. You get me? I say everybody gonna lose. And then now, 
well, see what take if you see what take place with China and the US right now. It's like it's like them play this taunting game. You know, US uh, fly over the China scene and the military plane, and then you see one Chinese, uh, um, uh, Chinese fighter jet come up on the side. Hey, yeah, uh, come now with your space, keep a safe distance. Oh, we're not coming see, um, near to you guys, we're going to keep a safe distance. Then them, it's like this taunting thing, like, you know what I mean? If it's who first, I go lose it. <laughs> I would know the Russian and China, they're my friends, they're my allies. Uh, no, nobody like the US really you get me so it's like we, we can try and hope for the best as much as we want but to all them people that do them thing yo why so, 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 something is going to, to happen uh, they right. might do too much things they might, they might they, food just uh, all these food processing places them just are, are burned down trains all of a sudden they'll just start to uh, derail left right and center all over the place like come on yo something big are going to come what is it really? I don't know. I'm really and truly want a war for forward over here. But something bigger will come. Whether or not we admit it or not, but something bigger will come. But we just have to just, we can continue for hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Just want to live life as we can. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So L in the chat says the modern day wars are because of previous decisions the developed nations made. Um, Question from Lanray. Do you think mankind will ever come to a point when we will rid ourselves of wars? And my response to that, never. Um, also, another follow-up comment. The modern-day wars are because of previous decisions on the developed nations, developed nation, that the developed nations made is spot on. And um, L's response, I guess the question is, no, mankind or humankind have this need to dominate for for some reason, not all, but a good portion of the populace must feel greater than others. And that's been going uh, on forever. Um, Michelle. Yes, yes, um, O'Neill. My, my, my thought is this. We're not going to see a U.S.-Russia war. It's not in the interest of... Um, I don't think it's in the interest of Putin or even the leaders of Russia or America for a direct war, because that war is going to end in oblivion for the human race, right? Um, what I think we're seeing is these proxy wars. That The attention is on Ukraine now, because it's Russia, but America has been fighting these wars forever. Um, whether it is the ISIS, uh, the bombing of Libya, destruction of those countries over in Northern Africa or all of these different wars that we see, uh, whether they are allowing Saudi Arabia to destroy um, another part of, of Africa, right? Um, all of it has to do with war economies. It also has to do with resources, right? It also has to do with resources. Um, remember, Russia supplies almost all of Europe with energy, right? Um, so everything that we're seeing is, 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 is bigger than the mere conflicts of that, how they make it out to be. The war with our, the conflict with China is not about economy so much, more than it's about the, the, the arms race. It, it's now about technology and AI and who's more advanced in terms of 
the level of research and where China is and where America is and how do we stop some of their programs? How do we... Um, it's diversion of money and it, trust me, it's, it's, to me, it's a chess game that's played at the highest levels and these proxy wars are going to continue. We will all... Our bread and butter issues of paying the bills and, you know, they're not... They, it, our, our process is just minuscule Mm-hmm. to where their games at. It's about resources. It's about technology. It's about, um, I mean, China China is already making an army <laughs> of genetically modified people. You know, um, a lot of things are happening and it's way above our pay grade, right? It's, it's China can do what they do because of the kind of authority and government that they have. Some of the same things are happening in the United States. Remember, America admittedly had biochemical bio, um, research going on in Ukraine. It, it, trust me, it's way above our pay grade. It's not going to stop. <laughs> the wars are not going to stop because it's in somebody's interest. All right. Going to take some comments from the chat, and then we're going to move on to the next article in the interest of time. Thank you all so much for your input. So in the chat, um, the war that is happening is cyber and economic. Thank you, Al. It will not be the traditional war. You can destroy a country by destabilizing it and attempting to make its economy as well as currency worthless. Sonet responded by saying, we've seen destabilization in our lifetime. Yes, we have. And El responded, the impacts, the people which will cause dissent. If the people are not happy or rather content, it will begin to fray. All right. So thank you everyone for your input as it related to the, as it relates to that topic. All right, moving on in our next case, um, TikTok banned on all Canadian government mobile devices. Canada announced Monday it is banning TikTok from all government-issued mobile devices, reflecting widening worries from Western officials over the Chinese-owned video sharing app. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said it might be a first step to further action or that it might be it. I suspect that as government takes the significant step of telling all federal employees that they can no longer use TikTok on their work phones, many Canadians from business to private individuals will reflect on the security of their own data and perhaps make choices, Trudeau said. I'm always a fan of giving Canadians the information for them to make the right decisions for themselves. The European Union's executive branch said last week it has temporarily banned TikTok from phones used by employees as a cybersecurity measure. Ah, yeah, 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 tikka tokka. Um, <laughs> and now it's time for stories out of the U.S. So first up. Supreme Court to hear a case that threatens existence of Consumer Protection Agency. And this one, we also have the um, the sound bite for this one. See, I'm here caught up. Bear with me. Okay, hold on. No, no, hold on. Bear with me one second. I should have had it up and ready to go. My apologies. All right, here we go. Agreed to take up a case that could threaten the existence of the Consumer 
Today, the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to take up a case that could threaten the existence of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It could also potentially threaten the status of many other federal agencies, including the Federal Reserve. NPR legal affairs correspondent Nina Totenberg is here to explain. Uh, Nina, start by reminding us why the CFPB was established. It was established by Congress in 2010 after the financial crash to protect consumers from what were seen as predatory practices by financial institutions. The particular rule in this case involves some of the practices of payday lenders. Tell us more about what's at issue in this case. So let me first talk about the bigger picture here. There are lots of conservatives who have long opposed the modern administrative state, and they've previously challenged laws that say heads of agencies can only be fired for cause. In recent years, the Supreme Court has agreed, and it struck down a bunch of these provisions, saying that these independent agencies are essentially creatures of the executive branch. So the president has to be able to fire at will, not just for cause. But while those decisions did change the who in terms of who runs these agencies, it didn't take away the agency's powers. Now comes a lower court decision that essentially invalidates the whole mission of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB. And how does it do that? A panel of three Trump appointees on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the agency's funding is unconstitutional because the CFPB gets its money from the Federal Reserve, which in turn is funded by bank fees. Yes, the agency has to report regularly to Congress and is audited regularly, but the Fifth Circuit said that's not enough. The CFPB's money has to be appropriated annually by the Congress, and if not, then everything the agency does is unconstitutional. But a lot of other agencies are also funded that way, right? You got it. The Federal Reserve itself is funded not by Congress, but by, as I said, banking fees. Also, the Postal Service has different funding. The U.S. Mint, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which protects bank depositors, all these agencies and more are funded not by annual appropriations. And in its brief to the Supreme Court, the Biden administration noted that even programs like Social Security and Medicare are paid for by mandatory spending, not annual appropriations. As the brief puts it, this marks the first time in our nation's history that any court has held that Congress violated the Appropriations Clause by by enacting a law authorizing spending. So, in other words, Ari, this case is a very, very big deal. Hmm. Now, the CFPB was the brainchild of Elizabeth Warren, who at the time worked for the Obama administration and is now a senator from Massachusetts. What'd she say about all this today? Well, you can imagine she's not pleased. She issued a statement today saying, quote, if the Supreme Court follows more than a century of law and historical precedent, it will strike down the Fifth Circuit's decision before it throws our financial markets and economy into chaos. I know this is very early to ask, but any sense of how it's likely to be decided? Well, look, this is the most conservative court in close to a century. But this case is different because it's a forerunner to potentially invalidating the independence and funding of the Federal Reserve. So who knows? In any event, the court won't hear arguments in this case until next term with an opinion sometime in 2024. And you'll be watching. And <laughs> I'll be Nina watching. Totenberg. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ari. And that was that soundbite was courtesy of NPR.org. <laughs> Lord, this is a lot to take. This is too much to digest today. We cannot afford for our financial market and economy to be thrown into chaos. We can't afford that. How will it affect 
us the ordinary citizens just existing day by day how is it going to affect the layman the person who doesn't speak the language and yes i call it a different language okay how is it going to affect the person who is going to ultimately feel the crunch of it and it's always those at the bottom So whatever decisions are made, I know we cannot please everyone. Everybody's not going to walk away happy. But my hope is that common sense will prevail and that the best decision is made for the majority. I'll say that. Okay, next up. Uh, student loan forgiveness. Um, Supreme Court considers fate of Biden's student loan relief plan. Uh 33 minutes ago, it was posted on CNN uh, Politics. Justice Thomas kicks off questioning on key statute Biden administration um, is using for debt relief plan. So um, <laughs> Justice Clarence Thomas kicked off the oral arguments with the first round of questions, asking U.S. Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelogar or Prelogar not sure how her last name is pronounced, whatever, how the mass loan forgiveness amounts to the terminology used in the relevant statute. Uh, would you take a minute to explain how a waiver or modification amounts to a cancellation, Thomas said. The Biden administration's foes in the case say that the terms waive or modify in the law, giving the education secretary certain powers, applies to smaller bore actions to adjust repayment plans rather than a blank cancellation of classes of debt. Uh, she told Thomas that the law in question, the HEROES Act, contemplates many forms of action an education secretary could take in the face of a national emergency. Congress was trying to cover the field to give the secretary tools to respond to a national emergency, she said. Ah, the Supreme Court is now hearing those oral arguments on two challenges to President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness program, an initiative aimed at providing targeted debt relief to millions of student loan borrowers that has so far been stalled by legal challenges. Republican-led states and conservatives challenging the program say it amounts to an unlawful attempt to erase an estimated $430 billion of federal student loan debt under the guise of the pandemic. At the heart of the case is the Department of Education's authority to forgive the loans. Several of the conservative justices have signaled in recent years that agencies with no direct accountability to the public have become too powerful, upsetting the separation of powers. They have moved to cut back on the so-called administrative state. Tuesday's cases will also highlight an important threshold question that could block the court from reaching the merits of the dispute, whether the parties behind the challenge have the legal right or standing necessary to bring suit. What both sides are arguing the Biden administration argues that the Secretary of Education has or had the clear authority to provide the relief to borrowers making less than $125,000 per year, $250,000 for households in 2020 or 2021, in order to protect them from financial harms brought on by the pandemic, such as the inability to buy food or make rent or mortgage payments. As for the states, 
Nebraska Attorney General Michael T. Hilgers, who is also representing Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, and South Carolina, stressed that the Biden administration exceeded its authority by using the pandemic as a pretext to mask the true goal of fulfilling a campaign promise to erase student loan debt. Hmm. So, what is reasonable? What would be a reasonable decision that both parties can agree on and that we, the, the, the citizens and residents who have student loan debt or our family members that have student loan debt, what would be a reasonable agreement? You don't want to wipe it out. Okay, what can we do then to alleviate to ease some of the burden 50% 75% 30% what's fair there's never going to be a such thing as fair someone's going to be unhappy regardless so this is just peacocking. <laughs> okay, so when Biden made the... Uh, and here's another thing. I, I, let me say this. When folks are campaigning, we have to be careful how we listen. Yes. When folks are campaigning, they are going to say things that are going to resonate with us, things that are going to um, pull us toward them, because that's the goal of campaigning, right? You want to appeal to those whose votes you need. You want to make sure you have them. So, of course, your language is going to be such that you make it attractive. But we, the voters, have to also remember that nothing is guaranteed. We're not even guaranteed the next breath that we take. Nothing is guaranteed, right? So we, I don't want us to say, well, you promised us this. He can make the recommendation. He can say this is what he would love to achieve for us, and he hopes that um, everyone will be on board and present the reasons why this is a, 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 the way to go. A hard sell, really a hard sell, but still. Okay. Um, I think he knew it was going to be a battle. I think he knew that, but he was willing to take it on. I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. Um, I see him getting a fight. The Republicans are not going to go for it. Um, with how the, <laughs> the Supreme Court judges are stacked up, I do see, and I hope I'm wrong, I do see the Republicans winning this one for some reason. And that's why I'm asking, what middle ground can we come to that will be accepted? Understanding you can't please everybody, but what would be reasonable? 
what should the Democrats go back with and say, okay, you're, you're saying no to a total wipeout. How about 50%? And the truth is, it's not a total wipeout for many people. Isn't it up? What, what's the amount? Isn't it up to 10,000 or something like that? Am I, somebody correct me, please. It's not a total wipeout for, for, for some people. Some people owe way in excess of $10,000. It's an ease for some. So now, okay, can we come down to agree to 5,000? I mean, 5,000 over how many years is really nothing, just a couple cents. But something is better than nothing, I guess, right? Let's see how um, they argue this one. Uh, what I've never understood in the share amount of profit being made by the very few in the USA. And um, I'm sorry, let me read that again. Landry's comment. What I have never understood is the sheer amount of profit being made by a very few in the USA. And yet there's a huge debate about funding such things as critical as education. There's a massive and serious disconnect with the Americans system of government to the point that I wonder if democracy has come to a point of diminishing return. Uh, countries like China are investing heavily in education and why they're so competitive. You know, as you bring up that point, Landry, about China and their investing in education, this has been going on for decades. I remember as a child um, seeing probably what we would refer to as early um, schoolers probably kindergarten, grades one and two, already sitting around computers. This was decades ago. They're way ahead of us. Leaps and bounds, if you ask me. That's the parents' fault. Leaps and bounds. You know, um, I remember a couple of years ago, I was reading, was I reading or I was watching? doesn't matter besides the point, but there was something that came to my attention. They, from an early age, are staring them in various fields from an early age because they're thinking future. We're just catching up or trying to catch up. But I will say, even still, like with the one, the education in the U.S. One, every state has its own, like their own way, their own board of education. I mean, it's the layers of how education is administered across the state is not even across the U.S. Every, you know, from the tests to what they're learning is drastically different um, about how education is applied and the importance of education. Uh, you know, in society, what was the last article with child laborers? They have kids working in factories already rather than mm -hmm. being in school. Mm -hmm. I mean, is we're going back almost into the, the earlier stages of the industrial age where because that's when we ended up having to have uh, manufacturing laws and chi child labor laws because people were abusing that, you know, putting kids in factories instead of putting them in school. And then on top of that, too, China is more, their government is a bit more controlling on certain things. One, their economy and education. 
So it's not something that, you know, they, they have all these different parties and they have to agree on this. What the government says is important. That's, that's all it is. And here we can't even agree that our children's future is important. We can't even, uh, you know, we're only thinking about what is today and all the other things that don't even make, you know, they have no impact on us, but we still care about it. You know, we're so worried about, you know, who's sleeping with who and who's marrying who instead of, you know, our kids not getting the proper education, our kids not being able to spell uh, words like lasagna. <laughs> or, you know, we're not focused on that, that they don't, you know, that our, we're not worried that our kids do not have the comprehension or the strategic or critical or reasoning skills to even compete with kids in other foreign countries. Within America, a lot of the kids can't even compete with the ones in the Caribbean. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned like, you that. You know, they think we have backwater education in the Caribbean and in South America and in Africa, but they don't realize some of the most brilliant minds are from those areas. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you this because um, all four of my boys started school in Jamaica, all four of them. And that put them ahead here. They wanted to set them back. I said, oh, no, you're not. No, you are not going to put them back because... As in true American fashion, if you haven't done it the American way, you have not done it. Because many students have left Jamaica, graduated from high school in Jamaica at the age of 16, and come here to move on to college and are told, oh, you got to go and do 12th grade here. Sorry. Right? Um, I have seen students, parents in the U.S. take their children, send them to high school in Jamaica, and they say that, you know, according to the report cards, they are, they, they are bright students there in the U.S., but when they get to Jamaica, they fail. They fail. They can't keep up. And yes, I agree. They can't spell in this country. They can't. They and what I've learned... What I've noticed, for example, when my boys were younger and I'd be going over their English assignments and I'm like, oh, you need to correct that. They would misspell something. I'm like, oh, you need to correct that. Oh, the teacher says, don't worry about it. See, that's the problem right there. That's a part of the problem right there. Don't worry about that. But why should we be alarmed when we have had presidents who earn nothing but a C? There's no pride in work anymore. Exactly. And being educated. Right? So I'm sorry. I'm telling my boys, you're going to correct that because coming out of this house, you're going to write it the right way. You're going to spell it the right way. You're not going to ignore correct grammar. No, you're not. Spelling needs to be on point. Your punctuations need to be on point. I want to see and make sure you understand. Do not, and I have told them, and my husband has told them, do not fall into the trap of just accepting mediocrity. You stand for nothing, you fall for anything. And I'm not asking for perfection, per, for perfection, but my gosh, in some things, let us hold on to something. And probably, um, it's the, it's the, this, I guess this is the benefit of colonialism. <laughs> we gain that 
you know, we have learned to look at things with a little more um, stringency. I don't know, but it's in, already embedded in me. I can't get rid of that. Nor do I want to get rid of that when it comes to education. Moments. I think it's all being done on design, yo. You can't have educated people who rival these dinosaurs in a government. Where, you know what I mean? We'll continue to make um, rules when the benefit we and totally benefit them. So, well, they must find a way to keep the, the, the masses dumbed down and to keep people dependent. So, it, it, all this them education system is like it's all being done on design. You get me, I say. So, uh, just what a judge. All right, next up, President DeSantis, President of Florida, folks, DeSantis, <laughs> signs a bill that gives him more control of Disney's special district. Interesting. Appearing at the doorstep of Walt Disney World, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill Monday that gives him new power over Disney, effectively punishing the entertainment giant for speaking out against the Republicans' political agenda. The new law amounts to a state takeover of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, the government body that has given Disney unique powers in central Florida for more than half a century. It allows the governor to replace the district's existing board, mostly people with ties to Disney, with a five-member body that he handpicks. Today, the corporate kingdom finally comes to an end, DeSantis said Monday at a Reedy Creek fire station in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. There is a new sheriff in town and accountability will be the order of the day. DeSantis announced his appointments to the reconstructed board, including Martin Garcia, a Tampa lawyer and prolific Republican donor, whose private investment firm contributed $50,000 to DeSantis' re-election and Bridget Ziegler, a Sarasota County School Board member who was a co-founder of the conservative organization Moms for Liberty and the wife of Christian Ziegler, the new chairman of the Republic Part Republican Party of Florida. The new board is scheduled to meet next week, DeSantis said, so buckle up. In a statement to CNN after the bill passed, the state legislature earlier this month, Jeff Valley, the president of Walt Disney World Resort, said the company was ready to work within this new framework and will continue to innovate, inspire, and bring joy to the millions of guests who come to Florida to visit Walt Disney World each year. The move against Disney comes nearly a year after the company spoke out against the Florida bill, which DeSantis later signed into law to restrict certain classroom instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity. In March of last year, as outrage against the legislation spread nationwide, Disney released a statement vowing to help get the law repealed or struck down by the courts and saying the company was dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country. DeSantis responded by calling on lawmakers to strip Disney of its special governing power, which they did last year, ending a long-standing arrangement that allowed the company to build its sprawling, iconic Orlando area theme parks into an international tourist destination and one of the state's most critical economic engines. Lawmakers, though, 
changed course amid concerns a disruption of Reedy Creek's debt and contracts violated the state law that created the special tax district. Instead, the Santis appointees will be in charge of the district's long-standing powers to tax, build, and borrow money for projects and services around Disney's vast footprint in Orange and Osceola counties. It also renames Reedy Creek as the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District, restricts its use of eminent domain, and removes never-used powers that could have allowed Disney to build its own airport or a nuclear plant. Okay, now, come on, DeSantis, really? Um, which state said they would take Disney? Which state said they would be happy to have Disney? Was it Texas? I think it was Texas. I think it was Texas that said they would be happy to have Disney over there. But are you sure the wheelchair man wants to do that? <laughs> Him and DeSantis are just alike. They're just alike. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised, uh, Sunette, if in a couple of years, Disney locked shop. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. I'm, I'm sorry for that his name. I shouldn't call him the wheelchair man. Yeah, we know. You too. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Wait, Javet, what's his name? What's his name, Javet? Oh, Your governor. Put it, put it in the chat. Put it in the chat, Javet. Yeah, moments. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, morning or afternoon or good evening, everyone. Um, what I don't understand, where, where's the protest, though? Because huh? remember, this story came about sometime last year when um, in this room, when Disney was slow in, in terms of um, slow slow to, to, to the stands that they took. And I remember in this room, we, we spoke about staff of Disney from the LGBTQ community walked out of, of, of on, on the job. You remember we spoke about that? mid last year or late mm -hmm, last year mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes so what i don't understand so where's that energy now like those staff like the company end up standing up for the staff why why is why is there no protest now sometimes you know james i'm not gonna say there is no protest or there will be no protest sometimes we have to change our strategy and how we fight back well, I, I hope, I really hope they're going to fight because, like, you know, like, they could really decide that, look, you know what, we're going to just, you know, lock up shop slowly. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, it is going to vastly or, or um, deeply affect Central Florida. Yeah, yeah, they, they could they could lock shop. There they're, they're are other places in, in the U.S. that... Um, but maybe that's what they should do. That's what they should do. These companies that are, you know, there are some companies that have the capable, the capability of the making decisions based upon public benefit. It actually is a new uh, corporation type. You have public benefit corp and you have another one that's like LX something where you can make profit, but still be for the public benefit, meaning that you vote on things and you do things for the benefit of the public for social issues. You don't have to worry about your investors. And maybe this is a lesson learned to these aggressive states, because when you hit them economically, that actually has reactionary things when it comes to votes. Mm -hmm. I mean, Delta did it to um, Georgia when they were doing all that stuff, when they were talking about um, 
rolling back, like rolling back Roe versus Wade. And uh, there was like the desegregation laws and stuff like that were um, on the like um, going to court in Atlanta. The Atlanta governor was making some wild statements and Delta was saying that, well, we will leave. uh, Atlanta is our headquarters, but we will leave and go to another state. And they rolled back their decision. So maybe that's what you have to do. The only way you can teach lessons is hit them where it hurts. Hit and that's hurts. economically and through votes. Yep, right there. You, right, yeah, right, yeah. James. You affect the economy. You affect the economy. You essentially affect the votes because Maslow's law, you are messing with people's security at that point. Exactly. And the, the, the many people, how, what's the, um? we spoke about the numbers. I have to Google it, of people that work at Disney. Their livelihood is from Disney. But sometimes we have to take drastic action, right, James? Uh, go ahead, Donald. I think the Santos is just pontificating for political reasons. You think so? Yes. It's just a lot of hot air. Because the many time um, Disney get a proper bid from, let's say, Texas or another state, and it seems like they're seriously considering moving, he will roll back and they will get everything they want. Because at the end of the day, he cannot afford to be the one politically removing Disney from Florida. I don't think Disney he cares. and Florida has, has go hand in hand forever. But he will lose. He will, he will lose the popular support. He will lose donors. He will lose votes on the ground. So uh, that, that, that will just negatively exactly. impact his political career. So I don't think he, it will go that far. Mm-hmm. And it's looking like David and Goliath, uh, you know, Santos is David and Disney is Goliath. And he's taking on this big uh, monopoly for entertainment. And, you know, that's I hope it's just peacocking. But on the other hand, I hope it's not because then it will teach people a valuable lesson. Well, um, the move, though, um, was celebrated by conservative media. Several of the Santis's would-be GOP rivals have been critical, though. Yeah, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence said that the conflict with Disney was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. And um, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu said penalizing businesses for political speech set the worst precedent in the world haven't i said there's nothing called freedom of speech there are repercussions for everything you say if i say i don't like right away everybody gets up in arms and i stand we are operating on the cancel culture there's no such thing as freedom of speech no matter who you are and those who have the power are going to exercise their power to, to shut you down however they can. But Disney has the last laugh if they are if they are smart about it. I mean I don't I don't see Disney leaving going anywhere. Um I'm Never in- say never. I'm just saying this is infrastructure and land. This is this is real asset. This is this is um I mean remember Disney in Orlando is not the only Disney in the world. Right. There's Disney in, in Paris, there's Disney in California. And of course they could build a new Disney in Texas. But Texas is it's equally the same Republicans. It's equally the same conservative government governance, right? Um honestly speaking, and maybe maybe I'm a little bit ignorant <laughs> to the facts, but um the the, the 
the, the change is governance, and it's it's appointing a new board for governance. Um, I mean, Disney is not a government, if you, you know, with all due respect, they're not. Um, these companies, Google, Facebook, Meta, all of these companies literally operate like governments on their own. And this is outside of the LBGTQ and all those other elements. But they do operate as governments of their own. The security forces that these companies have rival any, any, any army. Um, because of economic power, the economic wealth that these companies has, assets that they have, land. So in terms of, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I see anything um, major in terms of how this is going to operate, apart from the fact that now, as it relates to governance and taxes and other stuff, there'll be more centralized control by the state of Florida. I mean, I think this is us going to go ahead and make their money just the same. I think protection of the workers, as it relates to LG, LBGTQ rights or whatever, won't change. Um, I don't see any change in how they protect their workers. Um, in terms of a general rule of law, um, I mean, Florida has made some very drastic moves as it relates to education. And it's not just LBGTQ people, it's also black people being, you know, critical rights theory, whatever. At the end of the day, um, life is just going to go on. Um, it's just another battle. Um, Disney's not going to go anywhere. I don't see Disney going anywhere. Okay. So that, that's my thoughts. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Next up. Woody Harrison, Harrelson, let me say it right, hints that drug companies manipulated pandemic and forced vaccinations for profit during his SNL appearance. Also coming up, we have MetaBack's new platform to prevent sextortion of teens on Facebook and Instagram. And we're also going to talk about the Chinese kissing device that mimics real kisses and allows for long-distance couples to maintain... Um, intimacy also coming up we have child labor violations on the rise as some states look to loosen their rules and black married couples face heavier tax penalties than white couples and that's according to a report but before all of that here's a little music break for you here's some mary no more drama That's how I feel, Mary. Tired. I need to be free. Broken heart again. Another lesson learned. Better know your friends or else you will get burned. Gotta count on me. Cause I can guarantee that I'll be fine. No.
Thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, log on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. up 7 p.m eastern tonight the rose solo show live on qmcradio.com johnoradio.com and viscosityblend.com tune in as she speaks with special guest brock up he'll be talking about his new music and recent projects make sure you log on and log on and listen in 7 p.m eastern tonight I'm so sorry, Al. <laughs> it is Torrent Up Tuesday here on Coffee and Toe. Anything goes today. We're playing today's hits, yesterday's favorites. I gotta squeeze in Amy Winehouse, love her music. Gone way too soon. Here she is with You Know I Am No Good. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to go ahead and download the Jano Radio app and take us on the go with you. J-A-H-K-N-O. We are available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio.
this one amy winehouse thank you for reminding us about your talent you know i'm no good it's time for us to get back to business it's time for business and tech news up meta backs new platform to prevent sextortion of teens on facebook and instagram according to cnn meta is taking steps to crack down on the spread of intimate images of teenagers on facebook and instagram a new tool called take it down takes aim at a practice commonly referred to as revenge porn where someone posts an explicit picture of an individual without their consent to publicly embarrass or cause them distress. The practice has skyrocketed in the last few years on social media, particularly among young boys. Take It Down, which is operated and run by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, will allow minors for the first time to anonymously attach a hash or digital fingerprint to intimate images or videos directly from their own devices without having to upload them to the new platform. To create a hash of an explicit image, a teen can visit the website takeitdown.ncmec.org to install software onto their device. The anonymized number, not the image, will then be stored in a database linked to Meta so that if the photo is ever posted to facebook or instagram it will be matched against the original reviewed and potentially removed this issue has been incredibly important to meta for a very very long time because the damage done is quite severe in the context of teens or adults and that's according to antigon davis who is meta's global safety director it can do damage to their reputation and familial relationships and puts them in a very vulnerable position it's important that we find tools like this to help them regain control of what can be very difficult and devastating um all right let me see if i can wrap my head i'm not a techie so let me see if i can wrap my head around this so take it down will allow minors for the first time to anonymously attach a hash, otherwise called a digital fingerprint, to intimate images or videos directly from their own devices without having to upload them to the new platform. Somebody explain that in English for me, please. Because I don't understand. I mean, if you take a photograph from your phone as a teenager, Mm -hmm. 
you can attach a digital tag to it if it is repurposed. So if you send that photograph to another teenager or some adult or pedophile or somebody get hold of it and try to upload it to Instagram or Facebook, um, because it has the digital tag, they'll be able to match it back with the original and take it down, pretty much. So it's it's but it's it's not linked to a particular. In other words, if it's a photograph of a genital, um, you won't be able to say it is Paul's genital or or Mary's genital. It's just a code that will be there. Um, and only the person or persons in trust would know that it's that particular person's genital, for example. All right. Okay. So let me ask this question. And I'm learning. Okay. Somebody has opened their mic. Go ahead of me. Go ahead, Elle. I was going to say, but that's pointless because there are already digital tags on the photos already, especially if you use iPhone. They can already trace it back. And most people don't even know that like every photo has like an original origin. Like there's code already built into it. So this is just another functionality that they're releasing to the public but it was already there and then also too you're not supposed to be sending photos because i used to work for public safety specifically um one of the agencies i worked with um giving them security cameras and doing all this stuff for them was crimes against children and it is against the law i hope everyone's listening for kids even kids to send explicit photos of themselves to other kids that falls under child pornography and the kids can also get in trouble mm -hmm. and this is state it doesn't matter how old you are if you send a photo to another child that it, you can get in trouble for sending child pornography even if you are the owner of that picture and you will end up on the um sexual offender list as well right. so you should not be doing that anyway <laughs> So I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask the question, aren't photos tagged anyway? Because going through my photos, um, when you click on it, it tells you everything, everything down to the very location where I was when I took that photo. So I find it weird that they'd have to do this and go through this extra step. But my next question too is this. Um, I have seen where people's pictures get taken down. Adults' pictures get taken down um and tagged as pornographic they're in their bathing suit some some pictures get taken down but some people get to keep their pictures up there don't don't ask me i'm not going to try to wrap my head around why they make the decision to do to remove that's the some. ai yeah that's the ai depending on the type of either somebody may have reported it or it's the ai not being able to differentiate between like photos and that's where you're teaching the machine like how to recognize certain images yeah but because some people are a bit more we'll say built than others but but isn't that unfair though because let us say i am into swimsuits and i i have a swimsuit line and i want to promote my swimsuit line and in my swimsuit line i have brazilian cuts i have g-strings so on and so forth and my photos get taken down and I get um, possibly blocked or my account canceled for pornography. But yet I will see other people who are not doing a business. They're just posing 
some people in sexually explicit ways and they're okay so i think that they need to fix that issue there then are these public or private profiles that's also important too if they're pri if they're public profiles they're up to more scrutiny but if you do have yourself labeled as a business and you're doing these clothes then you still have grounds to um you know because i will say yeah you can't appeal it's fairly easy but if not if not enough people are complaining about the ai algorithm and saying like this photo is this that and then it'll never be fixed so if you see that there's an issue you most definitely should report it but it is a difference between public and private profiles okay all right thank yeah. you so what you have your profile labeled as too what you have it labeled as all right so geely also put in the chat once you screenshot a photo it removes the tag how does that work well there are other different apps that have like recognition i know the police do it there's uh facial rec recognition apps there's tons of them so they can easily trace it back so even if someone but that is if you know about these different apps or the because uh, there's different apps where you can use it to scrub your information off the internet there's several different ones like spokio.com it, re it removes any public ones there's another one called uh, my friend told me last night but there's another one that'll uh, take any photos of you you post of yourself and it'll see if there's any likeness of you across the internet and if you want it removed you could pay i think it might be free but you can pay uh like a few like a few dollars to have your image removed Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Learned something new today. Was anyone else familiar? With okay. I'm going to ask you to repeat that part for me again, um, where you can have your image removed. Yeah, there is a, let me, I'll look it up again, but there is a website where you can, uh, you put a couple of photos of yourself. It analyzes your photo, which in turn, you guys have to know that there is an AI bot that's learning your face. And then in turn, because you're feeding it new images of yourself mm -hmm. and it's then going out looking to see if there's any likeness of you across the internet. Now, again, I said likeness of you. Right. So some of the photos that come back may not be you. Um, it can, um, you can uh, request that that those images are removed. It'll go directly to those site owners and have them remove them for you. Okay, that's an investment. That's a good investment. Small price to pay for your security and safety. Um, in the chat, let me check the comments here. Um, Lan Ray said, I'm glad Facebook is finally dealing with this menace. I believe they could have much earlier, but I guess commercial decisions might have prevented this earlier on. I don't think the capability only just came about now, and I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. But here is the website, folks, that a teen can visit uh, to create a hash of an explicit image. They can go to take it down dot ncmec dot org and let me let me you know what let me go ahead and put it the well if you click on the um link at the top of the um screen it should take you to the article and you can take all the information there and please pass it on uh, okay all right next up chinese kissing device mimics real kisses you know what according to ballalert.com a remote kissing device is being advertised as a way to allow long-distance couples to maintain physical intimacy. The Chinese gadget is causing quite a stir on the internet. The device is equipped with warm, moving silicon lips that mimic a real kiss by recreating the movement, pressure, and temperature of a user's lips. And that's according to CNN. In addition to duplicating the feel of a kiss, it can transmit kissing sounds. To send a kiss, 
Users download an app on their phone and plug the device into their phone's charging port. Next, they pair up, you know what, their partner, they pair, they pair up with their partner on the app and initiate a video call. From there, users can transmit the replica kisses back and forth. Jiang Zongli, the lead inventor, was quoted by China's state-run outlet Global Times as saying that the device's inspiration came from his experience with a long-distance relationship in college. In addition to sharing kisses between partners, the app allows users to send anonymous kisses to strangers. Once two users match up and decide they like each other, they can ask to share kisses. Kisses can also be uploaded by users for others to download. The device retails for 288 yuan, which is about $41 US. So far, the reaction to the device has been mixed, with some giving thanks for the invention and others calling it creepy. I, I'm on the creepy board. I'm sorry. I, well, if you see the device, it most definitely is creepy. It actually mimics, I don't want to say what it is, but the, it, it mimics another device. That's yeah, I saw that. Use. Um, that they, oh my God, just the fact that I just came from there, I can attend, like, there's a lot of weird stuff over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's so gross. But and not to mention hygienic, the hygienic, ugh. But, so now you can send these anonymous kisses to strangers? I don't want nobody sending me an, oh, you know. I think what they mean by stranger is somebody that has your, like, you have to, like, because I believe it's like a Bluetooth device or, or connected by Wi-Fi because they do have, like, a certain devices that can connect. Um, they do have, like, certain toys that you can use with your partner and stuff and you have to give them access to it. Mm -hmm. But those actually have, like, because I'm in security, so those actually have a lot of security Um impact because you kind of expose yourself to like hackers and people that can hijack your signal and i believe this one is probably one of those too so people i mean if you're using like a website or some type of video conferencing people could probably actually hijack that call and be able to monitor and watch you and your partner's activities do, do the, do, as strangers but l aren't we going a bit too far with um this whole AI, digital, meta, all all of it bundled up. When do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? I guess when I guess they're doing this out of need because there's a there's this growing group of people that are single and they're lonely. Most of the time, they focus on men specifically, saying that they need a companionship um, because you know the birth rate is really low and um, there's a couple of countries that are greatly impacted by you know. Marriage is not happening and long distance and whatnot. So they're just trying to do any, they're, they're grasping at anything to, I guess, help it, even if it's a pretty much a fleshlight. This is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> go ahead, you know James. What? Go ahead. You know what, moments? I, I kind of sense a loss would come in because this this thing that, that you, you just spoke about. Mm hmm. Um, it was featured in Big Bang Theory about five or six seasons ago. Mm. <clears throat> so when, when I heard you read it, I'm like, no, this is crazy. Just go on YouTube or whatever and look up Big Bang Theory and yeah. you'll see a device like the Sheldon from Big Bang Theory <laughs> created something like this. Oh, yeah, they won't sue them because there's a lot yeah. of stuff that's on Star Trek that has been right. made today. So they're not going to sue because um, remember, it was make believe at the time because there was one. If you've ever seen Silicon Valley, 
there's a one that recognize there was an app where you scan it and it recognized the food. And there's actually one today that actually mimics that same device um, that tells you like, you know, this is the food you're eating and this is what its content is in XYZ. I saw it on display at CES. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm thinking back to my childhood when I went to Epcot Center and, you know, we, we would think that the year 2000 was way off in the future and you would see the possibilities, you know, all the things that they were, uh, that they had on display and you're like, oh my gosh, it seems so unreal. And now fast forward, we're in 2023, everything that I saw at Epcot came to fruition is what we're, how we're living. So you know what? Nothing should surprise me anymore. It is what it is. We choose ultimately how we want to um, interact with said um, creations. For better term. Go ahead, Teflon. Uh, greetings, greetings. Good morning. Good afternoon, yeah. I should say, on my end. Good evening for you. Yeah, yeah. So this technology is kind of preparing us for the, um, you know, like the metaverse. I just, I just got that metaverse vibe because um, I mean that's what they, that's what they're currently doing in the metaverse. And I think in the next, the next five to ten years, um, this is going to be kind of normal. That's this is going to be like the norm. Um, with that, you're gonna have a headset on, and then you can have the sensations and all of that. It's all happening. It's all ha so. This this machine is kind of. It's kind of dated compared to what they're doing in the metaverse, because in the in the metaverse they got they got the features where you can um, like if someone hits you, you can actually feel you can you can you can feel um, um, you can feel the, um, someone hitting you. Uh -huh. um, they said you can they they even they, they even said in next in next five ten years people can actually kill you in the metaverse. Ooh. It's it's, it's mm. yeah it's proper madness. So um the I mean, sensation you gotta, have the haptic. you gotta have the haptic gear. There's this gear called haptic yeah, that's you put it, it on. But yeah. if you can't afford the haptic gear, which most people can't, yeah, you're not gonna it, be able it, to get it. that feeling. And also too it, you're talking about the death. It's not necessarily a true death unless you wear that stupid device that was made from that guy from Twitter where it's uh, yeah. supposed to it's supposed to mimic sword art online oh, Lord Jesus. Supposed to, but but that is not going to be I was online. born in yeah. the wrong era yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> was <laughs> born I can't deal with this murder. That, a lot of murder. people oh, hold on Jocelyn of... hold on hold on Jocelyn hold on okay uh hold on one second because we have everybody talking at once so um uh you're talking Teflon you're talking about the haptic effects which um l was breaking down and l from my understanding what you're saying is you have to be wearing certain devices for you to feel the true effects of it and have the said yeah. experiences okay yeah. all right jocelyn i agree with you wrong era i don't know i'm probably slow as heck i don't know but some things i'm okay without but i want to get back to something that teflon was saying real quick before i jump back to you ladies um teflon as you were talking about the sensation and so on and so forth were you in here a couple months ago when we were talking about this government official who was parked up near a was it a playground a school playground or a daycare i can't remember exactly but was parked up somewhere um relieving himself now, if we get into this whole meta world or, or, or virtual world and people are walking around with headsets, who is to say what people won't start doing out there in public? 
because now they're able to take this with them. It's on the go. What, what, what's going to happen? Are we loosening the reins? No. Um, I'm, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be on the go as in like walking outside with it. You're going to be in your own space. So you're going to be like in, you're going to be stuck indoors, and then you can communicate with people through the um, Oculus or the headsets. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if you've got a long distance relationship, you can get that device, and then you can <laughs> you can kiss each other through the metaverse. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. 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 Hold on. I have Crystal and Elle at the same time. Like hold on one second. So. Okay. I, like first, I was going to tell you about the device, the two different devices. The one that you're talking about going out in public is different than the one that's inside. There's two different devices out on the market. So I'll just wait. Okay. So before Crystal, Jocelyn, then Crystal, L, and then Chief. Jocelyn, go ahead. Thank you. As I was saying, I feel like I was born in the wrong era. It seems as if some people have a little bit too much free time on their hands and um, the things they're coming up with, it's so unreal and unrealistic. And I, I mean, how could you, is there anything that could um, replace a real kiss? I doubt it very much, but um, it seems as if the realm we're going into, uh, we're moving away from the things that really matter, like helping each other in a realistic way rather than in a, uh, impossible. I, I, it's so out there. I can't deal. I can't deal. I want to go back to when my parents were born and, and the life it was then, not what it is now. Thank you. Thank you, Jocelyn. Okay, Crystal. Yeah, I, 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 I think the, this technology is going to appeal more to the to the youngsters, like our kids. Um, for us, I think a few, a few, a few of the elders are kind of getting into it, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like uh, right now they're just programming us or programming them. Um, they're getting them ready for the future. So when it when it does actually go mainstream, you're going to be kind of used to it. Like 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 kissing people virtually is going to be like like the norm. The norm and, yeah, but right now it just it seems very far fetched. It feels very ridiculous. But I think they're just um, introducing it slowly. I think like the VR stuff has always been around. You know mm -hmm. I mean, the headsets mm -hmm. it's always been around. But I think now it's now that they're marketing it a bit more. Mm -hmm. And it's now on the market, and that's people are more clocking onto it. And I think the the technologies are advancing a bit more. But yeah, I think they're just they're preparing us, they're preparing them, um, and then in the next in twenty thirty, everyone's <laughs> going to have a headset. <laughs> even, even you, even, even you, even moments, me. You might yeah, have you're right. Better to, get to do ready. Your, yeah, to, to, to do your shows. <laughs> <laughs> to do your shows in the metaverse. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Thank you, Teflon. Yeah. Crystal, you're up next, Crystal. I was asking, is it um is this an attachment to you to your phone or to your computer? So this little kissing device. Hold on, let and me go then, back to it. <laughs> go ahead. And go then ahead. um they're yeah, they're slowly walking you into stuff. You know, that's 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 been the MO for a while. They just slowly walk us into it. And those that don't will fall by the wayside and those that will will, you know, thrive. All right, Crystal, let me bring you up to speed. So um to send a kiss, users download an app on their phone, plug the device into their phone's charging port. Next they 
pair up with their partner on the app and initiate a video call. From there, users can transmit the replica kisses back and forth. So it's going to be done through an app and you have to have your phone plugged into the charging port, uh, Crystal. That's what it sounds like. So it's like a, excuse me, so it's like a pocket pussy. <laughs> We're on air, Crystal. We're on air. We're on air. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Can't. Okay. All right. So, so I... did, did I, uh, uh, moments, did I miss anything? Um, is there, is there an, um, a natural device that's going to be connected to your lips or? Well, like, so far, it... uh, so far, it's through the app. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I'm getting it correct. Okay. No, there is an actual device. The app goes yeah, it's with be a device. device. Okay, so the app goes with the device. All right. Uh, great question, uh, Teflon, because we want to know, right? So, so, L- that, so, so, so that device is going to um, strap onto your mouth. And then... <laughs> no, you don't, strap, you don't strap it onto your mouth or anything. It's like handheld, so it's supposed to mimic it. But the thing is, it's very close to what's already on the market. There's like, so there's already this company called... Um, Ah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? I think Lydia or something like that. They already, they've already have done the proof of concept for the app as far as uh, this other particular device. I'm not going to try to like brand it on here, but they've already did the device where you can connect, uh, connect it, and there's an app where your partner, you pair it, and you give them access um, to, you know, to the vibrations or whatever, and they can mimic whatever they want. And then there's also this one is mimicking with something that's already out there, which is called, I can't believe I'm saying this, Fleshlight. Oh. And, and that's for yeah, the other that. appendage. All right. So <laughs> let, let me let me do this. Let me pin the link at the top of the page so that everyone can see what it looks like. But, um, yeah, but this is supposed to resolve loneliness, which is being impacted because loneliness leads to depression, which depression sometimes leads to suicide. So that's what they're trying to resolve with this because people are living in a world where they, you know, loneliness in certain countries is a problem, like, uh, especially when they do not promote other healthy avenues to combat loneliness uh, in, in some of these places. So uh, I think that is what this is trying to uh, resolve, is that I'm not okay. surprised. But, but also, too, let's go through the two devices. There's the VR headset, which is by Facebook. That's the, um, uh, the, the Oculus. Yeah, that's hold, hold on, Oculus. hold on a second, guys. Hold on, because after L is Chief, I know Chief has been waiting patiently. Go ahead, L. Okay, yeah, so there's the Oculus, which that's the one that has the haptic gear. That's the one that you'll be able to use in your house because it's too large. But the one that you're talking about, Mo, is the one that's going to be potentially outside. It's called AR. It's literally like a regular pair of glasses. And you'll be able to, and it's called alternate reality, reality, where you'll be having billboards. Like uh, there'll be, pretty much it'll be for ads. So you'll be walking down the street. And if there's a store that you shopped at and you're about to walk walk past it, it'll say, hey, you bought this the other day guess what it's 70 uh, percent off in this store or it's pretty much going to be for the adverts okay. this uh these, these glasses and stuff but it's but it'll be it'll integrate 
into your regular life. You'll, it's not going to interrupt you walking. It's just going to be stuff popping up. And they already have those glasses. Um, oh, had them for the past five years, but they're not <laughs> out the market all the way. Glasses, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for this not yet. Out the glass, but that's certain like it. But yeah, not sure if I'm ready for this. Thank you so much, L. Uh, Chief, I know you've been waiting patiently. After Chief, we'll jump back to Chantal, and then I think DJ Teflon wants to say something. Okay, so, so when uh, after the list? So yes, yes. So after, so it's Chief, then um, Chantal, then Teflon, then you, Apple. Go right ahead, Chief. Chief, where are you? Grand Rising. So Grand Rising, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Chief. Yeah. So this Chief. So this this technology is is rapidly. I mean, we're behind schedule. Hmm. Um, this the stuff we think we're not ready for. I mean, what? Let the next iPhone come out. We're gonna run to it. They they've already trained us to run towards technology. You got to wait till the Tesla phone comes out with Neuralink. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be linked in through your neural system, right? Okay. Movies like Her that came out in 2013 was already programming us. Like people who watch that film, if you haven't seen the movie Her from 2013, watch it. It's so convincing that even even you as a as a as an uh, you know as somebody in the audience watching the film, you almost forget that this guy is falling in love with a technological system. Because they, it's so real, and that's what they're leaning towards. That's it's already that system is already in place. If you play any type type of gaming device, people are already talking to the system. You already have relationships built on those these devices and these systems. They're just going to go to a whole another level, though. In the next couple, in the next few years, you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna be so seductive and so addictive. That's the big thing. It's gonna be so addictive. That you're not going to know the difference between reality and cyberspace. So, do you think and that we chief really we're being desensitized, up? chief? Would you say that we're being desensitized to reality and um, being taught to embrace technology? We're being programmed. Programmed, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, we're being completely programmed, and it's and it's somebody mentioned earlier. It's it's so subtle you don't even know it's happened, and then it's so it becomes so attractive. You know, like the, the the advertisement scale is so already embedded in you that we almost don't even question what seems weird. Like, you know, how you, how you hear people say more often now, oh, my God, I just looked at that. It just popped up on my phone. But, you know, some of us are really curious about that. Most people are, are not. They're just sheeple. They'll, they'll, they just follow the herd and move right into it, mm -hmm. you know, without question. And so that's what we're that's what we're going to continue with in a major way. It's all in there. All right, thank you so much, Chief. And Crystal, back to you. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, don't worry. Um, but, can I add that, but the whole point of technology is in, in the way it is now, is to take the power out of the hands of a few. You've, you're programmed. We've been being programmed since the beginning of time, especially if you're part of the masses where you are easily influenced by, you know, what others say. Technology is actually evening out the playing field for the, the haves and the have-nots. The kid that, you know, doesn't have, you know, is unable to go or, uh, you know, get to the library or get to certain information can now go to the internet and be able to find it. Like you have a, a, a college, a school right on your computer and that is because technology is there technology is is 
provides an even playing field for us to innovate, for anybody to innovate if you allow the tools. Mm-hmm. People are programmed. Mostly, Most of the programming that happens to people is actually behind the pulpit. <laughs> and in school. <laughs> we so won't even get into that conversation. Because you're, yeah, that's the conversation because you're not teaching people to think critically, to be able to think on their own, to make sound decisions. And not to mention, a lot of the programming has happened. You've secluded off most of the population. You're having people think in order to be happy, they have to be in an unhappy relationship. Right. And that is why this technology exists. If we were working on our relationships more, the technology would not exist. Valid points. Yes. Valid points. Very valid. Thank you so much, L. Okay, in the interest of time, uh, Teflon, you're next, and then Afo. I was just um, think, thinking out loud. Um, do you guys think that um, in the future they're going to attach um, this device to um, dating sites? So, it's, so like when you when you meet someone on a dating site, rather than because everything's going to everyone's going to be indoors, no one's going to be linking up in person. So. It's already, it's already done. Wow. Okay. And and um, not that who... device, but other devices. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so who who in this who who on or in this in this room would purchase this this device when it comes out? Not me, Teflon. Not now. At least you know, point blank. Know, the, kiss, the kissing I'm, I'm, device. I'm not... The kissing device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for like if. I know, I know you you guys are married and all of that, but what if, like, you're going to buy it for, um, like, when your partner travels, like, for a few weeks, and <laughs> will, will, will anyone buy this device? Let's be honest. Well, they even have it so where when your partner passes away, there was a guy that uh, created the eye likeness of, and, and it helps the elderly, too where this older man, his wife passed away, or was it, no, yeah, his, his wife passed away, and he was deeply depressed, so they created an AI likeness, a robot likeness of his wife to help him deal with that depression, so it also helps with mental health and emotional. So, okay, so what I'm hearing, so what I'm hearing from, um, what I'm hearing from L then is that we need to see the, the, the positive side of these innovations and these Yes, don't look at it from your lens because I would never buy anything because I don't have a problem getting dates or getting people. But other people may. There was so an I am not going to. Yeah, so I'm not going to. So we have to think. Do not think as uh, this from your lens. There was an episode on Black Mirror. L, did you see that episode on Black Mirror? Where, um, I heard about the episode. I really don't watch it because I kind of just because I work in, <laughs> in cybersecurity. It was so exactly the, exactly the same thing that you just mentioned. So oh. um, the part the partner died, and then they had a device that um, kind of re- re- replicated. So you could kind of see, ha- like, have like physical touch and everything. It was crazy. So, but hold on now, Teflon. Hold on a second, Teflon. And I want to get to um Afro real quick because time is going on me. But real quick, let me ask you this, Teflon. Don't you think that by us holding on to the dead, that prevents us from being able to step into something else or another relationship that may be there waiting for us, but we're so hung up on the dead and not wanting the dead to rest? Um, instead of just taking the good memories with us and moving on, don't you? Yes, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, so. Some people have, have problems moving on. And um, I mean, if the technology is there and it can kind of give you the exact, exact rep, rep, replica, um, some people will go with it, you know, because some people find it hard to move on. 
So I think um, not everyone's gonna gonna um, go because it could have been sudden. You know, I'm with DJ. It could have been sudden. Okay. All right. All right. Fair points. Great conversation. Afo, real quick, I don't want you not to have the opportunity. Go ahead and air what you have to say, and then we'll keep it moving. I give thanks to everybody. I'm going to say this real quick. Like always, you see these demons, these entities, they like always come with. Don't get me wrong. I like, first of all, I like technology, but there are certain things where there's a limit, and uh, this will a cut off point. See, like all them have a device where I can't where you plug it in, they can buy it off Amazon or if I plug it in, and this is their way of you connecting with nature when you couldn't just go outside and just do grounded by just take off your shoes and just ground with it with it with the planet. You see me with nature, them have a device where you plug it in and you don't have to leave the comfort of your home, you just plug in and you put your foot on it. Which that I understand how you connect to nature with that that doesn't make no sense. Cause I want a machine where you build with maybe some grass or whatever, then fake grass and then put on it and I can't to you can't to them, yeah, connect with nature. These demons, these entities are trying to disconnect people from reality, from nature. And you gotta always have some sheeples where just Oh, a technology and just want to go along with every little thing them, these people fling out. You get me? And when them see that, then they are going to continue and continue and continue to push it because they say, all right then, so the, uh, people are take time and gravitate to it and these people are going to spread it, spread it and whatever it is. Uh, when I go come with, the, come with them, so me, uh, them all them try to, as, as I'm going to say, uh, this can't keep you disconnected. Uh, and keep it dumb down, keep it uh, for control and all these something. Shrink it, them sprinkle it in your face and put some little good night and, and your people just fall feet and then just go along with it. And not realize the danger or whatever damage this can actually cause. So it's not just about, oh, oh, you know, the good night. Yes, they might have some good night, yes. Um, like what the Empress explained, same like when them just that come out with the word metaverse thing and I show you how you can access library just by in your living room and learn and all them something. They might go come with that of course, no doubt because what they might try to sell a product but keep a disconnect from nature, keep a disconnect from reality. You get what I say? So it, it, it's, 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 it's just all, all these things is just all being done by design. First, they come with the Oculus device, then they might come with some um, uh, some AR, uh, whatever they want to call it, augmented reality, whatever they want to call it. Yeah, and if you, if you get, like, like the game, the movie will come out when you um, uh, play one, where if you, uh, I think a player one, if you, you play the game, and if you get hurt in the game, you can feel it, you actually feel the hurt in a real life, depends on the type of upgrade level of suit where you have. If you don't watch Demolition Man, um, Demolition Man, I'm forgetting that, uh, iRobot, all of them something that, they, all of these things, they might try for just program you for no say hey you gotta accept this as i'm say you can actually go to some of these places um where, where you can actually sell your voice and your your your, your facial expression to these companies and then put them on ai but, but hold you on a second alpha stop right there a second i'm gonna stop you now I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there because here's the thing um as was and i'm gonna say this and then i have to keep it moving um i'm gonna say this there's good and bad in everything many things are created for the good however you are going to have folks who want to use it for the bad right and and that's factual um everything that we have access to every technology that we have in our home we most of us put up security cameras in our home right 
Am I right or am I wrong? If you own a home, you I mean, I do. Okay, so most of us have security cameras, but yet they're there for our safety. However, you have people who are able to tap in. We can't escape that. So if we focus only on the negative, we'll truly not see the benefit. Let us also think about laparoscopic surgeries. For example, I can speak from my own experience. When I had to have my tubes tied, what was the old-fashioned way of doing it? They cut you open and your recovery time is what? Six to eight weeks versus going in laparoscopically, which cuts you cuts the time in half the recovery time you don't have this hell of an incision right you they go through your um belly button when that type of technology came on stream online a lot of people said oh no they're going to be taken away from doctors and what have you no actually they work along with these um this type of equipment and it works to the benefit i'm grateful that i don't have a a a, a, a scar from a, from to get my tubes tied, the only scar I have, I wish they could have um, delivered the baby laparoscopically and through a small hole, but it couldn't do that. But thankfully, you know, so we have to see to seek to embrace the good. We have to look for the good in everything, right? And um, if we focus too much on the negative and the downside of it, as much as it makes us feel uncomfortable, because when you think about cell phones, I'm sure our parents back in the day were like against cell phones. Am I wrong or am I right? So no, you're right. And this every, every, every every gen. I'm 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 sorry if I have to wrap. I'm just gonna make this closing comment and keep it moving. So every generation is going to view advancement as a threat in some way, shape, or form. What we have to do is change our outlook. Even though we might be slow to receive it, we have to change our outlook, all right? And time is against me. I am sorry, but I have to keep it moving. Child labor violations are on the rise as some states look to loosen their rules. Story courtesy of NPR.org. Uh, child labor violations have been on the rise since 2015 after declining for years. And this is according to data from the U.S. Labor Department's Wage and Hour Division. The total number of violations is much lower than it was two decades ago, but experts are still troubled. In 2015, the low point in the data, the Wage and Hour Division found 1,112 minors employed in violation of child labor laws with an average of 1.9 per case. In 2022, that number more than tripled to 3,876, averaging 4.6 per case. Uh, The division is finding more minors per case, and it's not clear why. Investigators are also finding more minors working in hazardous occupations where children could get seriously injured. And we spoke about that a couple weeks ago. Next up, was not aware of this. If anyone else, that's good, but not aware at all. According to NPR.org, black married couples face heavier tax penalties than white couples. And that's according to a report. Black married couples in general pay in more in tax costs than white married couples, according to a new report by the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center. Officially, the U.S. tax code is considered race-blind, 
William Gale, one of the report's authors, told NPR. But what we have suspected and what we found was that the income tax can still impose differential burdens on black and white households because of several factors, he said. Researchers with the nonprofit think tank found that black couples were more likely to face marriage penalties, 46 to 43 percent, and less likely to receive marriage bonuses, 36 to 43 percent than white couples. When tax filers in the U.S. get married, they can face a marriage bonus. That's when a household's tax bill decreases because a couple files jointly and their incomes are disparate enough, according to the Tax Foundation, another tax policy nonprofit. Couples can also face marriage penalties when the tax bill increases this generally happens when two people with similar incomes marry and file jointly according to the tax policy center researchers found penalties were larger and more prevalent for black couples than white couples 59 to 51 percent for households with an adjusted gross income between fifty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars the report released this month is part of a growing body of research into whether institutions and policies reinforce pre-existing racial disparities. <sighs> this is ridiculous. Um, speak with your tax pro- professional, please, and find out more about this. Um, yeah, in the interest of time, I wish we could dive in a little bit. Find a qualified tax preparer. My friend Miki talks about this all the time. Yeah, we, 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 this is just don't go to your local, local. Yeah, find a good tax preparer. Don't just go to anybody or go do it yourself. If you want to get the same, the, the same breaks as the other groups, you need to be informed and as well as get a qualified tax professional. You wouldn't do, do the same thing you would do for a doctor. Yep, have to. All right, next up is a gym a safe and healthy space for women? And this is one of our stories out of our health and science corner. Is the gym a safe and healthy space? Well, according to tt.loopnews.com, since the hashtags, uh, hashtag Jim Creep and hashtag Jim Weirdo went viral on social media, racking up more than 100 million views on TikTok, women worldwide have used the opportunity to share stories about vile or uncomfortable experiences they've had involving men at gym and training facilities. Within the local TikTok community, the conversation has largely fixated on the concept of women-only gyms to combat the discomfort that many women reported feeling. It began when Lee, a fitness enthusiast and marketing professional, posted a video to her more than 8,000 followers calling for female-only gym facilities, captioning the now widely shared clip, this is not a want, it is a need. Of what inspired the clip, she tells Luke News, it wasn't one thing to be honest. I was just thinking along the lines of it being a preference and I knew that other women would share the opinion. When you go to the gym, you have to put yourself in certain positions. I might do a little yoga when you're stretching. Some women just don't want to be around men doing that. And it's as simple as that. It doesn't have anything to do with hating men or anything like that. Almost immediately after sharing the clip, people, specifically men, began sharing their opinions. And here we go. One commentator retorted, most men go to the gym to work out. 
you are creating your own problems when you wear leggings that ride up your ass crack and somehow expect the opposite sex not to look. Another one said, why stop there? That sick should be a men's gym with a stripper pole and sports bar. A few women also bashed the idea with one saying, now be so for real. I'm a girl. I'm a girl's girl, but I swear y'all can overdo it sometimes. The gym. And then there were some men, albeit to a much lesser extent, to a much lesser extent, rather, who supported the idea, like Samuel, who shared, fellas, let's not pretend it doesn't happen. You may not do it. And we get that. I go to the gym and I don't do it. But I have a girlfriend, friends, a mother, sisters who experience this kind of harassment, not only in gyms, but their everyday lives. One minute. Anyone who wants to give their feedback on this one? Real quick. <laughs> I will say quickly, as a someone goes, I understand what they're saying in the article. I wouldn't go as far as having a women-only gym. I actually went into those. The equipment is terrible. I forgot the name of there is a chain of women-only gyms, but they are terrible. They're under like they don't have the right equipment. The classes are really geared toward those those Stepford Wise house moms. And if you're somebody that does weights and does like really, like really works out like calisthenics and stuff, it's not suitable. However, there are some gyms, if you pay the uh, more money, they do have those private studios with the frosted glass. So you don't have onlookers gawking at you. And let's be honest, ladies, we've seen those women in there that do the most in their clothes, True. expecting not to have, not to get attention. Cause that's what they're there for. And we also do look at we the look guys at the men. working out. So Let's not pretend. Let's not be hypocritical. All right. Next up. Sleep this way to add almost five years to your life. Thanks to CNN Health. Want to live longer? Then prioritize sleep in your life. Following five good sleep habits added nearly five years to a man's life expectancy and almost two and a half years to a woman's life. A new study found. If people have all these ideal sleep behaviors, they are more likely to live longer. That's according to Dr. Frank Kian, who is a clinical fellow in medicine at Harvard Medical School and internal medicine resident physician at the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. If we can improve sleep overall and identifying sleep disorders is especially important, we may be able to prevent some of this premature mortality. So, where are the things good sleep hygiene i didn't know we had this thing called good sleep hygiene but anyway here's what we can do no blue lights or distractions at least an hour before bedtime meditation yoga tai chi and warm baths anything that relaxes you is Great. Parents and caregivers can learn these habits and teach them to their children, thus providing them with a better shot at a longer life. My only problem, though, is why the difference? Why is it five years for men and two and a half for women? Sorry, man, not hating on you, but I am right now. Um, <laughs> you know, when we women, I think women get less sleep, I, especially if you are in a relationship and especially if there are children in the equation. I just feel that women get less sleep. Sorry. Moments, because women already live 15 years longer, so. <laughs> Whatever, James. I'm hating, I'm hating, I'm hating. So Idaho dropped thousands from Medicaid early in the pandemic. And which state is next? Mm, 
during the first two years of the COVID-19 pandemic while the federal government was trying to prevent people on Medicaid from losing health coverage, Idaho dropped nearly 10,000 people from the safety net program. Story courtesy of NPR.org. So federal law generally, generally banned states from dropping people and federal officials said Idaho acted improperly. Idaho officials, however, said they didn't think they did anything wrong. The episode revealed in documents KHN obtained through a public records request and in interviews with state officials offers a preview of what could soon unfold across the United States for millions of people covered through Medicaid, the federal state health insurance program for people with low incomes. It shows how easily state bureaucracies can disenroll people they shouldn't be disenrolling, leaving those people in financial and medical jeopardy. It also illustrates the potential for confusion and disagreement over what procedures states should follow before cutting off anyone's benefits particularly when enrollees cannot be reached. So why could happen in other states starting April 1st? A COVID-19 relief law Congress enacted in 2020 prohibited states from removing people from Medicaid except in a few narrow circumstances as if an enrollee died or moved out of state. On April 1st of this year, after the prohibition expires, States will resume removing people who no longer qualify or do not furnish needed information. That process has come to be known as the unwinding. So what I'm going to suggest, folks, depending on the state that you're in, if you are on Medicaid or if any family member of yours, your mother or your grandmother, uh, and you're handling their affairs or your grandfather or your father, please follow up at your state level. Please do this. If there is information that needs to be furnished, please do so. We have to protect the elderly. And I'm stressing this because I may be wrong, but this is my personal opinion. I feel as though this is a calling out of the population. Because if people can't afford the medication, afford to get the healthcare, what's gonna happen? All right, so we have to protect our loved ones. Let's look over their documents. Let's call who we need to call and fight for their health care benefits. All right. Uh, zero calorie sweetener linked to heart attack and stroke. A study finds a, a sugar replacement called erythritol. Am I saying it right? E-R-Y-T-H-R-I-T-O-L. It is used to add bulk or sweetened stevia stevia is it stevia or stevia what's the right pronunciation stevia stevia thank you jocelyn okay so it's used to add bulk or sweetened stevia monk fruit or keto reduced sugar products well it has been linked to blood clotting stroke heart attack and death of course according to a new study the degree of risk they say was not modest People with existing risk factors for heart disease, such as diabetes, were twice as likely to experience a heart attack or stroke if they had the highest levels of erythritol, and I want to think I'm saying it right, I'm trying to break it up, (laughs) in their blood, according to the study published on Monday. So I'm going to spell it again for everyone. 
E-R-Y-T-H-R-I-T-O-L. Check your labels. And you know, the truth is this, folks. Stick to natural, honey. Stick to natural, unbleached sugar. That's the best thing you can do. What's natural? All right. If you can do that, you're better off. So, yes, yes, go ahead, Jocelyn, go right ahead. And they name these things, you know, the fancy names that you can't even pronounce them. If you can't, they don't belong in your body. Um, stick, I agree with you, one ingredient food. This way you never have to read a label. Um, I don't buy anything um, over the counter for that reason. You don't know what they have in these stuff. Um, I have no medication. I take none. Um, I'm not against medication. There are times that you have to take it. Diabetics are looking for alternatives, you know, how to keep their blood sugar under control. Try and use food and not anything artificial. If you want to eat fruits, go for the low glycemic index fruits, like the berries, instead of mangoes and pineapple that we from the Caribbean love so much. So that's my take. Always go natural. I don't even put lotion on my skin that, that I don't recognize the... The, the, the words there, I go with coconut oil and, and olive oil sometimes, all the natural stuff that's sometimes a hell of, hell of, hell of I can't even speak today, a <laughs> lot right. less expensive than these things that they try to sell us as women and lipsticks that last forever that have all these chemicals in it stick to the natural stuff. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for that input. Um, yeah. So natural is best as natural as possible. I know we can't escape everything, but we have to try our best to minimize our, um, the artificial intake. All right. Moments. Could you give me have a few yeah. more seconds? I wanted to address sleep when you said it earlier, I was yeah. out of the app, but, um, uh, if you sleep, on your side, uh, I mean, I think the highly favored position is the left side because it alleviates things like acid reflux, heartburns, it boosts um, digestion and stimulate um, toxins from your lymphatic system. So that's uh, favored over any other position, the left side. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Information is good to share. All right. Woody Harrelson hints that drug companies manipulated pandemic forced vaccinations for profit sharing. Uh, and he shared this during his SNL appearance story courtesy of Ball Alert. So Woody Harrelson appeared as the host of Saturday Night Live over the weekend and made some statements that make you wonder. The white man can't jump star has made his own conspiracy theories in the past. He said mask wearing was absurd and said he never got COVID because he was internally clean. That's according to TMZ. So it wasn't surprising to hear him bring COVID up during the show. At the beginning of his monologue, Harrelson talked about smoking a joint and reading the craziest script while sitting in Central Park. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. 
I threw the script away. I mean, who was going to believe that crazy idea, being forced to do drugs? I, I do that voluntarily all day, he ended. But his vaccination rant wasn't too amusing among some social media users, including TV producer Lee Goldberg, who tweeted, Thank you at NBC SNL for Woody Harrelson's insipid anti-vax monologue. That's not cool. I lost the best mother figure to me and my sister that we had who died only four hours after contracting the virus, another person wrote. So let me back up. I have one minute to spare on this one. Let me back up for a second. Was he being ridiculous in saying what he said? Isn't that what happened? He threw that script away, but isn't that what happened? We were locked up and some people could only go back to work if they had the vaccine. Isn't that what happened? Yep. So why are people taking offense to the comment? He is speaking reality. It happened to people. And this is what I don't understand. It's okay for some to speak their truth, but it's not okay for others to speak their truth. This was an experience that happened. There were people who could not go to work, even though they were going to work before, but the minute, and people who worked in the healthcare field, the minute the vaccine became available, they were told they were no longer able to work if they did not take the vaccine. So it's not far-fetched, not far-fetched at all. All right, so... It's our Black History moment before we move on to our Believe It or Not stories. Does anyone know who John Henry Hale is? Ever heard about him? Really going to hear about him today. Born June 5th, 1878. He died March 27, 1944. He was a prominent surgeon, professor, and philanthropist who played a prominent role in establishing the black medical community. Hailed as the Dean of American Negro Surgeons, Hale conducted over 30,000 surgeries, mainly at Meharry Medical College and Millie E. Hale Hospital. He practiced medicine and taught at Meharry for 29 years, mentoring a plethora of black surgeons. Together with his wife, Millie, Hale did much philanthropic work in his local black community in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, they distributed food to the poor, offered much of their medical care for free, ran free medical classes and lectures, and converted their home into a local community center, a hosting place for many local community organizations. Hale was a president of National Medical Association in 1935. He is a recipient of a Distinguished Service Medal. His name was given to medical organizations, a medical center in California, and a public housing project in Nashville. So he was born in Estill Hills, Tennessee, into the family of Aaron Hale and Emma Gray. He received his elementary education in Estill Springs, then moved to Nashville in the 1890s. In 1901, he graduated from Walden University in Nashville, also known as Central Tennessee College with a Bachelor of Science degree. For the next four years, he attended Meharry Medical College, graduating as a Doctor of Medicine in 1905. During his years in Meharry, Hale attended Daniel Hale Williams' surgical clinics, which later influenced his decision to specialize as a surgeon. Soon after his graduation on December 20, 1905, he married his first wife, Nashville and Millie Essie. 
All right. So congratulations to him if you never heard about him before. You heard about him today. And today is the last day of February. Um, just a reminder, this is the last day of Black History Month, but black history remains with us forever. Believe it or not, stories. Who's ready for this one? I haven't read the article. I didn't pre-read, I'll be honest, because I wanted to read it together with everyone. I didn't want to form any ideas in my head. Okay, white law student files a $2 million lawsuit against Howard University for racial discrimination. Earlier this month, a former white law student at Howard University Law School filed the discrimination alleging a hostile educational environment. And this is according to BallAlert.com. Plaintiff Michael Newman is accusing the HBCU's faculty and staff of retaliation, disparate treatment, defamation, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. The lawsuit claims that Newman allegedly suffered depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts due to public ostracism, vilification, and humiliation. At one point, Global Head of Diversity Recruiting, Reggie McGee, allegedly told Newman he had become the most hated student McGee had seen during his tenure at the university. In addition to suing the university, Newman, who is seeking $2 million in damages, named Howard University President Wayne A. I. Frederick, law school dean Daniel R. Holly, and several other administrators as defendants in the lawsuit. The lawsuit states that faculty and administrators fomented racial animosity toward Newman by endorsing some classmates' views that his comments on matters of public concern or advocacy for political and social changes were insensitive, offensive, or racist, and by endorsing the view that classmates' derogatory comments regarding Caucasians and derogatory epithets were, un- were acceptable. The university is prepared to vigorously defend itself in this lawsuit as the claims provide a one-sided and self-serving narrative of the events leading to the end of the students' enrollment at the university. Mr. Newman came to Howard having a career outside of law and was granted a university scholarship. Mr. Newman then displayed a pattern of antagonizing actions against other students in the law school. This includes Mr. Newman using the untimely death of a fellow law student to further his views on COVID-19 and the vaccines. After following the university's disciplinary policies, Mr. Newman was expelled for disruptive and harassing conduct. So there was an extensive discussion last yesterday in um, in the house where I am a member. Yes. Um, and one of our friends is an attorney who happens to be labor attorney and discrimination attorney. So he went and he gave us a whole lot of details. I tapped in the link um, in the chat. I put the link for the full language of the lawsuit. Okay. And the claims that he's making and everything. It's it's very long. It's like 70 plus pages. I noticed. This is a legal, it's a legal document. So we, he discussed it and he gave us like all the ins and outs. Um, Howard made some missteps. However, this man, Mr. McGee, is, um, is full of a lot of stuff. <laughs> 
and I'm gonna be PC. Um, so there is a there's a lot going on here, and um, Howard has a lawyer, but they may need more people. Um, and it's just it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. This HBCU is gonna have a hard time, and other HBCUs may continue to have may have hard times because of this lawsuit because some of them do get public funding from the from the government. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a lot more than um, a believe it or not story. Unfortunately, it 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 can have repercussions for many institutions in the future. Sonette, I appreciate you putting the link in the chat and anyone wanting to um, look at it, please capture it and review it for yourselves because it is 70 pages long. Now, Sonette, let me ask you a question. Do you remember a couple months ago when I said that HBCUs are funded by white-owned companies and white um, donors? Remember when I said that? Were you in the room? I'm not sure. You probably so weren't I don't in the know. room. I remember when you said it. I, I remember saying that. I remember saying that. It's now, a college. It's a public university. So yeah, they can be it's it's somewhat public because they, they can be funded by many people. Like I said, there there's some funding from the government. And um like most universities, the alumni or families of the alumni are allowed to donate to schools. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's not far-fetched. Not far-fetched at all. So let me ask, I remember James has said this before, and I don't agree with it, but now I'm wondering, right? L- let me court the idea for a second, all right? I don't agree, but I, I'm going to dabble here just for a minute. Um, Should HBCUs only allow black students to attend a college. And when I say black students, I mean all black and those who are mixed. Should that be the case? No, absolutely not. That's not fair because that means any what might be deemed as white institutions can do the same. So that's just just as bigoted and prejudiced as racist as the people that we're saying are oppressors. Okay, fair enough. We know know where they started. They started for and and with to to be inclusive of black students because they were not allowed in the PWIs, pre, 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 predominantly white in universities or institutions, right? Mm-hmm. That's what was happening. But if if like you know, I would not repeat what Elle said. She said it perfectly. I'm done speaking. Yeah, because my, my my friend went to an HBCU. He's Vietnamese, and he actually is a part of a uh, fraternity. Uh, you met exactly. him, Richard Tran. You know him, yeah, yes. Rich. Like yeah. so, what 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 people of color? That's why I hate the notion, the concept of black, because it's based upon a European categorization to uh, to further oppress people of color. We're all people of color. So when you only celebrate one group and you forget about the rest, you are, you're becoming the new oppressor. And I say there's three sides to the story because I used to go on Howard's campus and I've gone to those history classes. And sometimes I've seen the way like teachers in general are disrespected from the college level down to the thing. So I'm pretty sure his feelings are in a lot of this too. But I've heard when we get on certain, you know, just because we're black doesn't mean we can use racial epithets towards others either. Right. And and that part might be founded, but I'm pretty sure the rest of the argument might be, he might be full of it. But we also need to teach our kids to be better. Don't try to become the next oppressor just because your ancestors were oppressed. Right. All right. Thank you. Let me take a quick break. We'll do the on air wrap up and I'll be right back. All right. Bear with me one second, please. 
give a big thank you to everyone that logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com for quality music while you work or play. Remember to keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. A big thank you to everyone that logged on to JanoRadio.com for that non-stop party vibe. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And I want to give a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you were listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. Tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Whatever you do to my online listeners, whatever you do, wherever you go, please, I do ask that you be safe. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here for Coffee and Toe. Remember, 7 p.m. tonight, this evening, b Rose Solo Show, live on QMZRadio.com, JohnOradio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. This is Moments with me signing out of QMZ Radio and John O Radio. Take